Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, December 7th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio. And I want to make sure I get this right. Episode 365. Yep. I feel like if you go back 200 episodes or something, I was like, one day we'll have one regular Waypoint Radio episode per day in the year. That'll be a whole big thing. <laughs> and, and here we are. We got it. 365. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joined, you've already heard the voice of Kato. Yo. Also joining us, Patrick Klepik. Just burn that on a CDR that says one year of Waypoint Radio. One <laughs> give, year. give that to the to the, the love of your life. That's it. That's <laughs> right. Mixtapes of different Waypoint Radio segments. That's the new thing. <laughs> Do you want to? I just really want to share something that's important to me. I just really want to. You know, this is something that I've been sitting with for a long time. It's really changed my perspective on life, and I just think maybe you could connect to it too. Also joining us, Rob Zachney. Hi, Rob. Oh, I thought you were leading up to something. Like, no, that was just me giving my the love of my life a mixtape of right. Waypoint Radio episodes. Oh, okay. Well, then I was that was as underwhelming as uh, my yeah. reaction was as underwhelmed as I think your love. Uh, yeah, that's that accurate. Yes. Also, exactly. like you handing over a, a CD with 365 episodes. Like, what compression are, are we talking it's about? Really there? bad. Like, here, 90, here's this 96. unlistenable. Yeah. yeah, just crunchy, just just grimy. Um, how's everyone doing today? Oh, we lost Rob. We <laughs> Rob, Rob, John Rob's back. Rob has been hacked, hey, or this is what's is been hacking? happening to me this morning. Um, it just like things close. There is a there is a there is an energy yeah. in the air today. Patrick got a blue screen. Jesus Christ. Um, there really is. Uh. Patrick's blue screen. Rob just got booted from the call for some reason. Rob is back now. How's everyone doing? Are we going to make it through this week? Are we all going to? I don't know. I, I wasn't even sure if Rob is showing up to this podcast. I don't know if his Rob there. Rob does not um, review a ton of games, but when he chooses to climb the mountain, he chooses the most unique mountains. You know, last year I'm going to review three games in one month while also go on a vacation for like a week and a half of that month. And so I was like, so when Rob takes a big swing at a review, like I just, we, even in our little chat room on Sunday night, it was Austin's like, hey, what are we doing on Monday morning? And I was like, well, boy, I, I, I believe I phrased it as like, I think Mr. Zachney will be joining us, but I don't know what condition he's in. I've had brief dispatches from him. The last one was I didn't watch the Bears game. How bad was it? And I said, you should watch it anyway. It was real bad. Um, <laughs> but, I was, but I wasn't sure where we at on the Yield Cyberpunk. So, Rob, where, where, where are we at? Uh, we're at the part where this game is extremely big. and <laughs> Game I, big? Game big. Time uh, limited? <laughs> time limited. Side quests, interesting. Huh. Okay. Uh, 
And so one can say, when, like, okay, so here's how things began to go wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I know exactly what you're going to say. Uh, is this gonna oh. go? I think this will loop back to an exchange we had a couple days ago. Okay. Tell me how it went wrong, Rob. <laughs> so after I've been playing uh, Cyberpunk for about a day and a half, I was like, all right, I think I'm pretty far into this, like making good progress. Cool. Uh, some crazy shit is popping off. Um, awesome first act. Holy shit, that's the opening title card. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mentioned this, and I was like, boy, this game is, uh, you know, really kind of deceptively, uh, you know, like it gets off to a deceptively fast start because that's an extended prologue. And y'all were like, dude, that's not supposed to be like 14 hours into the game. That's supposed to be like six hours into the yeah, game. Yeah, the previews that all just dropped like last week were like, yeah, about six hours in, we hit the title card. Okay, so maybe my mistake began a little earlier than that. <laughs> um, when I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> on the difficulty select screen, the game's pretty oh, upfront about like, okay. okay, on easy, you'll just be able to blow through. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound good. And on uh, normal, uh, you know, you'll have to use some of your abilities and, and tactics, but it, you know, progress should be pretty straightforward. And, uh, you know, you won't have to do too much. But the text for hard was like, you know, there are no easy fights in hard. Every single encounter requires tactics, planning, making the most of your resources. And I was like, oh, you mean that's the real game? Oh my god! Like, and not to be a purist like, that way. What's but the like, uh, well? What's the Halo thing? Like, this is this is the way Halo the way, is meant to be played yeah, yeah. Uh, on their heroic slash hard mode. And it's it's more that this is like this is a game that's going to throw a million options at you. And I just know for me personally, um, when those options don't really do anything besides like just give you some stylistic variety for for what you want to do, I have a hard time seeing like how systemically like the game actually is going to work. Sure. Uh, and so I kind of wanted the game to be pushing against me and forcing me to like play outside the more straightforward, uh, you know, ways I tend to approach things like this. So I went the hard difficulty. And then, and we and should then say, I, like, <laughs> this I, I don't know how much we can talk about the conditions of the review. In we terms can say of, that you had very limited, you got the game last Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm Monday. You yeah. had less than a week to play it. You are among a, based on, I don't know what I can say of the language of the email, but I can say the language of the email that set this up in motion that I got the night before Thanksgiving strongly suggested you were among like a pretty small group of people that were playing this game um, on PC. Not, I would just say like none of the console stuff. We haven't seen any no. of those games like Rob's been playing. I've seen the PC. leak and it does not look good, but it's leak. Who and we knows? don't know if that's day who one. Knows pa- if that's like, day who one who pa- knows right. where that's at? Um, right. Well, yeah. I, mm. it, there's so much say, table setting here that we could be doing yes. and and that we should probably actually pause and do a little bit because we could rewind to we could rewind to 2012. I saw a post the other day of someone was like, I was in fifth grade when they announced this game and I'm a college freshman now. And I was like, <laughs> this is I have to leave the room. I can't do this. Well, because they put out that CG trailer with the like obnoxious, yes. like, uh, uh, barely clothed woman, like right as Witcher 3 was coming out or right Starting after? the trend before uh, 2013 was that trailer. They announced that they were going to make the game in 2012. So it's been eight years since they made that initial announcement. Along the way, they took that, that you know, the um, 
exploitation-y uh, reveal uh, trailer and really just ran with it. There's an article people should probably go uh, I, that I would suggest people go read on on Polygon called It Sucks That Cyberpunk 2077's Edgelord Marketing Worked So Well uh, by Stacey Henley, which is about the transphobia in the marketing and in some interviews, uh, the ways in which they leaned into, you know, across a, a, a wide range of uh, pre-release, you know, content and, and again, specifically the marketing effort into an attitude that is uh, dismissive of the the sort of criticisms around some in-game uh, some in-game assets, specifically an advertisement that's especially transphobic and like fetishizing and 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 you know exotifying. Um, uh, and then on top of that, there's some shit that's just like you know the the CDPR brand and the the GOG brand have have done some very like Gamergate adjacent shit over the years in a way that has like really salted the earth for a lot of folks. And just then, adjacent. There, there, there are times where like the promotions is like flirting with yes. language explicitly to yes. like draw out a certain their social um, team in particular seems to have yes. a major issue and yes. like, yeah like and and when that's not been addressed over years and years then yeah. then you start to to ask larger questions about the company culture etc. On top of that, lots of reporting about the crunch culture to the degree that I, I don't even think crunch culture captures it. This is a studio it's a where studio people that talk announced about announced they weren't doing crunch yeah, and then yeah. had to go back on it. Like they weren't they doing thought- crunch and then interviews were like, no, this is gonna be the same thing it always is, which is the final two years are a death march. This is the death march. This is the way that like uh which is which is I think a term that we see used in the industry to emphasize that crunch is here's a three month period. Uh, we often see devs use the phrase death march to indicate here is a year plus where this is not just a, a strenuous multi-month process because we're trying to hit a milestone but but instead this is the status quo for years of my life well, when this game was huge- supposed to come out in the spring and it gets delayed to the fall <laughs> yes. it is not because oh we're going to make the developers lives easier and spread out that um that crunch period it is oh that's right. just this same crunch period until the fall and then another delay and then another delay. And right. each of those combined with the fact that CD Projekt Red is a publicly traded company and thus has to make like like public facing statements. Right. Like just I mean, the head of their company has like fucking stepped in it like over you know, and over over and over again. And so and so that's like half that's like 90 percent. Maybe I said half and jump to 90 percent. I'm very tired. It's a lot <laughs> of the table setting. The other part of the table setting for me is that the cyberpunk um you know not just the genre but cyberpunk as a brand tied to the Artalsorian a tabletop role playing game written by Mike Pondsmith uh is something that a lot of folks including me have a lot of fondness for and nostalgia for it was a, it was a big tabletop thing uh more so i would say you know decades ago than recently though there is a new version of it out there mike pondsmith the the creator of the setting uh uh is someone who i have a a, a great deal of you know, um, uh, admiration for is like someone who whose work got me into the the hobby, um, and and I have a lot of nostalgia for the setting. And so for me, watching all this stuff from the outside, it was like none of the advertising for this game, uh, the tr- you know, including some of the trailers, including and obviously including the social stuff, you know, says that communicates that they're going to bring the best of that that setting uh, to life here. And instead, I I was like expecting a world in which this was all kind of a swing and a miss as you know it was it was not just style over substance um but you know kind of chrome over heart or you know something like that right um 
Which is why, Rob, when you say that you spent 12 hours in the intro and part of the reason why that was so uh, interesting to you is because it was such a good intro and such a well-paced intro and such like a uh, – and I'm not saying you're only at the intro. You've now played many more hours after that. I immediately was like, one, why are you playing on hard? You only have a week. But two <laughs> – It's the most raw thing to do. That's It's, it's beautiful. I actually love it because because I it think is. that it gets to – you know having, having read your review, I think that it kind of proves its point out because you end up having some encounters that – only come out of playing that game on hard. Um, but also, I, I ended up being really surprised by your fondness for the way this game does end up telling some story stuff. Yeah, it's... So I think one of the things that caught me off guard... Well, okay, let me go through the arc real quickly. Please, uh, yes. The first impression this game makes is really bad. Um, out of the gate, this game does seem like the trashy cyberpunk pastiche that I think a lot of us have been dreading in some ways. And part of that is driven by just the, the series of tropes, the prologue hits you with right away. Uh, the first things you see of night city, like you can literally just kind of identify what movies it's lifting its inspirations from, uh, you know, it's, it's very by the numbers in that way. And it totally started to feel like, wow, if you take away the, like having a really respected novel series and short story series away from CD project, there isn't, there isn't a lot there. Um, when, when they're, when they're sort of tasked to, to make something in a more conventional setting in some ways, it, it kind of seems like they're, uh, they're just completely whiffing and there, there is no real original vision there. And I think aesthetically, a lot of that remains true. I, I, I think one of the things that does still surprise me here is just how unappealing I find a lot of the look of this game. Um, just, and I, I think some of it is intentional ugliness. Like it is meant to be sort of a, you know, debased uh like ruined society uh covered in faux 80s advertising and it's just all all decay and rot everywhere you look uh but at the same time i think it's also it is meant to be some kind of showpiece and it is meant to look cool and evoke things that a lot of people have regarded cool for a long time you know obviously things like blade runner um and the thing it reminded me a lot of was altered carbon in some ways, because I think Altered Carbon Season 1 was is kind of my like postcard picture of what getting cyberpunk wrong looks like. Mm-hmm. Because it is all, like, Austin, I think you and I literally had this conversation and you described it better than I'm about to. But basically, you take a movie like Blade Runner, and it has a style and a look and an aesthetic. But comparatively, it's understated because it's using things for effect. Altered Carbon is all the effect is all, you know, all those accents become the primary color. It's the primary color it's painting in. And that's how a lot of cyberpunk feels. Um, I spent a good amount of time trying to figure out which graphic settings would make the game not look terrible. Um, oh, you need to release your sliders. I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, you this. need to explain what that means, by the way. That could <laughs> like is not it's not a performance. It's like it's like strictly like it's like you weren't you weren't like worried about the V-Sync and like like going into your NVIDIA settings. No, I mean like the game looked 
bad my first couple days with her. I was like, this is aggressively unappealing. And I was trying to tell Emmanuel about it. And he was like, well, show me screenshots. And then I'll start looking through my screenshots and they look okay. And I'm like, why did like in motion, this game looks awful. Mm-hmm. And in the screens, it looks okay. And then I realized it was because it's all those fucking filmic effects that are running uh, by default, where it's like, you want the chromatic aberration on? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? Uh, Do you want the depth of field effect? Do you want the motion blurring? Uh, Do you want film grain? And the film grain is so bad that it actually like reproduces not a film grain effect, but like the screen door effect of VR. Yeah. Um, And so like... There were all these, uh, you know, post-process effects that took an already maybe overdone game and just shellacked the shit out of them <laughs> with awful effects. Like the chromatic aberration was so bad that on the edges of um, the monitor, like you would see, uh, say you were standing next to a bookshelf, right? Um, what chromatic aberration does, it sort of splits the outline and you have color shifting happening. There's a blue shifted part of the image and a red shifted part of the image. And you see it divide toward the edges of the frame. The effect is so exa- exaggerated here that if you were like standing next to a bookshelf, um, that bookshelf would go from looking like a straight line to looking like a pretty deep V. Uh, because the color shifting was that intense. And so, of course, the game looked awful because, like, at the, em- at the edges of the image, it was, like, kind of coming apart in a really awful-looking way. Uh, so I ended up just, like, slowly dialing all of that stuff back and just trying to figure out what would leave the game looking decent. Uh, and all those effects, some games, I think, you know, make that stuff work well. Um, but this is not one of them. It was like a throwback to when you had the first games rolling out things like a film grain effect because movies are good. People love film grain. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's just like, that's not what this is. Uh, yeah. and it's not or like Ghost these... of Tsushima doing that black and white mode. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which like looks really well in like photo mode. And then beyond that, it's like, all right, like, what are we doing here? That's not like black and white works for a very specific way in cinematography. Not with like a free floating, like player driven yeah. camera. Yeah, so I ended up, uh, like, I there was a lot of tweaking that to try to figure out a version of the game uh, that, that looked good. And then I just started diving into it. And then the other thing is that I, I was going to play on hard. But Austin, um, you know me. I'm not, I'm not somebody who's just going to roll some, side of, some kind of tanky, boring, forgiving character uh, who can just go do things. <laughs> um I am going to create someone a little more interesting. Uh, a mastermind. Maybe. Someone who can puppet the, the world around them. But let's not go too far, Austin, because oh, okay, the thing is, sorry. what if the mastermind could do a little bit of everything? <sighs> um, uh, like, oh, hmm. what if uh, what if Professor X, like, was a little less psychic? Okay. But maybe a little more jacked, but like not much, <laughs> not much. That's the weirdest. What if instead of too. like one could power, shoot a gun. you had like a little bit of all the powers? That yeah. sounds great. Yeah, could shoot yeah. a gun, could hack a little bit. You know? I don't see any problems arising from that. Um, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like, you know, just uh, you know, grab the hors d'oeuvres of these systems uh, <laughs> off the tray, and it's <laughs> the going buff- to the be Las a, Vegas buffet of uh, yeah, uh, of character stat of RPGs. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, here's the other thing: when you're playing an RPG. And it's not explaining systems very well. 
but like a lot of it seems intuitive. Like, you know, you see what body does, you see what reflexes uh, does, but then you see a stat that doesn't really communicate anything to you right away. And it's kind of mysterious to you. I recommend dumping all the points you can (laughs) into that, like straight out of the gate. This is Mm. Rob. You did this several (laughs) weeks ago when you sent me a message that said, hold on. This is working well in Demon Souls. Don't you dare besmirch my luck build. <laughs> but I want to be clear. When oh you say God. that, there are going to be people out in the world oh. that go, oh, right. There is a luck glitch right. that you can uh-huh. exploit the, the, to like just roll through the game. Sword. Yeah. Rob I'm not was doing like, that. No, no Rob was like, I want to increase the grass drops. And so I'm going to dump like seven <laughs> points into luck. And my response was to just, my, my, my jaw went... One, I, I, it's beautiful because that's it's that beautiful. is like a logical uh, way to think about the game and its lack of it's explaining uh-huh. itself. Drops it is. Your it money, totally huh? makes sense. 100%. Yes. Money souls. Um, at the same time, Drops there's like money, a, money at the, souls. At the same time, there's like a luck <laughs> ring you could just equip and just like have that, and then you could have had like a. a what if you had a lot of luck and bigger. the luck ring? <laughs> All right. So also, anyway, I'm just there's just give such us a money. Funny, <laughs> Such a funny parallel between these two. So I just that one seems, you know, yes. to, you know, your it your hat to your souls builds. Yeah, great. No, so where are what's you? What's the in luck Cyberpunk? equivalent here in Cyberpunk? Uh-huh. Uh, it's well, the actual equivalent is probably um, technical skills and some of the skills that are in there because, like, sure, that's where you find the skills that let you do things like you'll get more boost from all your consumables. You yeah. will, uh, your grenades Crafting will do 20% stuff, more right? damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that's, none of that's worth it. Ever. Yeah. I was like, Fuck Okay, that. wait, so no. also, it's also worth saying at this point that, like, we're now talking about builds, which I think it's probably fair that a lot of people who'd seen trailers for this game didn't, th- th- those trailers talked about builds, but I don't know that it was clear that this was an RPG in this sense. I always got the sense it was more like, oh, what's your origin story? And so, like, your backdrop was going to define, like, and but I just figured that was more of a narrative thing than it was a, like, practical, you know, beat by beat. But, I, but now there are, like, perk lists out there, and these are, like, big, complicated skill trees and shit. So, like, is that Did Witcher how- have huge skill trees? I can't remember at this point. No. No. No? This is, this is a little meteor. Uh, the Witcher had... Uh, <sighs> Okay, so CD Projekt never really did nail what they wanted to do with Witcher systems. No, the combat in Witcher Three is is abjectly terrible. Like it's just it's just a really good world. <laughs> I think Witcher Two is, is like probably stronger in terms of the action uh, overall, like the things that potions did. Also, there's still a little bit of vestigial potion shit in this game where it's like, oh god, there's some it. food, Patrick. There's some food you can eat. And it's like just the thing you want to take into a fight with you. I love it. Um, <laughs> where you're like, oh man, I had a burrito, and so I'm just going to be healing five uh, percent uh, a second out of combat. That's everything I feel so when I leave the, the burrito shop. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I can't wait to get into a fight. I got this burrito in my belly. <laughs> Certainly, um, I can't wait to feel comfortable. <laughs> so. So I ended up with a character who could do a little bit of a lot of things, but also literally could just get shot by like a stray <laughs> bullet and just be dead. Mm. And that wasn't ideal, um, but it, it, did, it did make for a more tense experience. And I started and you could you couldn't re-roll or anything or you just decided to just stick with it like what it what like what are your options if you if if you were not you that was like i'm going to see what interesting situations this leads to so whereas another person might go i think maybe i just rather have more strength or hacking or whatever 
I mean, you you can and obviously uh, create a new character. Like you like you can sort of get you sort of suss out what's going on pretty quickly in this game. Mm-hmm. But also, it starts showering you with enough ability points and attribute points that you can revise these decisions pretty profoundly. Uh, you know, after just a few hours, um, just as you spend those early <clears throat> levels. Right, right, right. Um, I was like, I'm going to keep pushing on cool till it does stuff. <laughs> uh, and here, but here's the other thing. Uh, in terms of the bad first impression, the game is also set up to let you do a little bit of everything and not particularly well. And so in those early hours, dude, I was like, oh, fuck, this is first person watchdogs. Right. Like <laughs> you're going places and like the interface is kind of similar in some ways when you pull up your little uh, hacking scanner thing and you see interactive objects and like you can you can distract a guard by having like a vending machine go uh, like just vomit goodies all over the floor. And they're like, hey, goodies. And you, they, they will always respond to that and they will always respond to that stimuli. Um, and so like the enemies are really dumb. The solutions to the problems are pretty obvious. Like it's, it's, just, it's all very early stuff. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is just incredibly obvious. These systems don't do anything. They're not interesting. Uh, this game is going to be rough. And then uh, a couple things happened. I put, I, I played enough of the game where I started to get some decent levels under my belt. I started having more interesting enemy types popping up on some of my missions um, because like, so, like one of the things this game also is doing um, to set the table a little bit at the very start of the game, your life goes to shit and you're kind of pulled out of the gutter by your buddy, Jackie. And then you go through a montage of like a year and a half of you and Jackie, like working together and you getting back on your feet and you're just like, having a good old mercenary bro down that looks pretty awesome. Um, it's like, you know, gunfights by day, uh, watching sports with Jack, with Jackie and his girlfriend at his place, uh, by night or like dancing at the club. It looks great. I would do it. Um, I'd be scared of, I'd be scared of dying in those gunfights, but these video game characters aren't scared. They're brave. Um, so, at the open, but at the proper opening of the game, you guys have gotten enough rep uh, that after you do that first mission, which is the thing that was shown at E3 uh, a couple years ago, after you do that, you're immediately tapped for uh, th- this bigger job. But usually, uh, the the game is also like Cyberpunk is usually having you wait to do the next step in a quest or advice. Like you get little warnings, like "Hey, this task is going to be really hard for you right now. Uh, you might want to go." grind some levels and the way you do that is you have your usual like side quests um that can be sort of major with like an actual like plot arc or you have uh like the equivalent of just world events that like exist in the witcher where you stumble across a bunch of monsters and you just gotta kill them for for xp here it's a bit more like um i don't know it's almost like the way checkpoints would get manned in Far Cry 2 or something sure. where, you know, you'll just you'll drive by a place and usually like nine times out of ten, this this place will be empty and there'll be nothing happening. And now there's like a little enemy camp set up. And you have to go infiltrate it uh, either because, you know, the people there reported up to no good or the local fixer wants these people out of here 
or there's a report that uh, people there are just like beating the shit out of somebody and, and, and could you please help out? And then you go in and you, you do these missions and they give you a little bit of XP and a little bit of cash and, and some loot. Um, and they start getting interesting. Like some of these things that have no plot set up at all, you start having pretty involved stealth encounters. Like there was this one uh, basically arcade that had been taken over by this gang. Um, not like an indoor arcade, but more like a, um, like outdoor open air, like Coney Island type place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was just kind of turned into this armed camp, uh, with these high level, uh, like gangsters and a decent mix of classes where you have like, uh, brawlers who will come at you with like, you know, bats and shit. Uh, there, there were enemy net runners there, um, who will, deploy the same hacks that you deploy against you. Um, the hacking stuff is kind of cool, but it also highlights, man, the setting doesn't make a lot of sense to me, guys. <laughs> like in the year, in the year 2020, Cyberpunk 2077 does not make a lot of sense. Like everyone's got cybernetics and shit, but it's all bad. It's like every, like everyone, you can blind them by rebooting their optics. Nobody appears to have anything approaching supervision with their electronic eyes. Like people are just like, man, got to get rid of these pieces of shit. And like, junk <laughs> my them. robot eyes. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sure. Adware, uh, bl- you know, blocks me out from using my <laughs> eyes, uh, you know, randomly every five minutes. But other- otherwise, they're great. My eyes can zoom slightly. I can get 1.2x zoom with these. With these <laughs> Worth uh, it. With these what eyes in my eyes. pocket can do better optical zoom than these futuristic uh, robot eyes. Well, well this yeah. is the thing, right? It's like it, this isn't you're not a badass hacker at this point in the game and you're still able to do this, right? You're not like the major from Ghost in the Shell who can do this because she's the best, you know, she she is the best uh, there is at what she does. You are V, you know, level level four, <laughs> a jack of all trades, the hour three of of cyberpunk and but yet also the case everyone is, is like is uh, vulnerable to you you're adapting a world in which its vision of the future was like created yes. decades ago yes. and thus but and that it doesn't appear and part of what rob's observing is they it hasn't necessarily properly adapted like expectations of what is futuristic you know 30 odd years later i forget when you know cyberpunk came out um, yeah that's about uh, right you know it, it doesn't it doesn't it feels a little bit weird when you have a computer in your you know a supercomputer in your pocket um yeah <laughs> Yeah, and like, and I think this is this is the other thing that really started to hit. I am not somebody who knows the cyberpunk RPG. Like for me, to an extent, this might as well be generic. Like, hey, they made a cyberpunk RPG. The people right. who made The Witcher. It's about like tech dystopia, and it really isn't. It is about this fucking rule set and its setting and its story, which is all based on like here's what the future could be in the year 1980. Here's what we, here's how we think this could all break down. And so you come to it now and it's like, dude, I can open motherboard on any random day of the week and see like five things more fucked up than what this game is kind of putting out there. Right? Like this game is, uh, you know, basically like, man, what if, you know, what if there were like surveillance cameras around like (laughs) warehouses and shit? And it's like, yeah, do they talk to each other? Do they talk to the police? No, then you're good. Don't then you're don't fine. Worry about yeah, it. better it sounds better. Like a better world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a better world um, is possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. It's like 
Night City police are so heavily outgunned that they're like scared to do their jobs. And there's entire parts of the, the city where they don't even police. And like where they do, they just kind of like hunker down and pray they don't get shot. And I'm like, all right, so police are under control. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, let's Whoa. hold on. Let's hear Night City out. I mean, it has a few ideas. Um, so. Like I'm getting like as I get into this game, I start to realize like okay, you just have to accept that like right. this is how tech went in this world. I think the USSR still exists in this world. It does, yeah. So <laughs> they're like, you know, Godspeed. The, the Soviets will just will just fix your <laughs> will just fix your implants for free. They got like socialized implant care over there, <laughs> and people are like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing in Night City. We should just go to the Soviet <laughs> Union. We think we got it so good here. We're not advanced. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, I, you know what? Maybe where, where's the airport for Night City? <laughs> so anyway, like, so I'm starting to figure out the systems are getting a little bit interesting. Um, encountering enemy netrunners is frankly kind of sweet because they do something really crucial, which is um, this would be a game where it could be very easy just to hunker down and like p- pick people off, even if you didn't have like super advanced firearm skills. But the netrunners... The things their hacks tend to do is one, it's basically like spell damage in some ways. Like you're in cover, but they're just going to start wrecking you, uh, which is massive burst damage. The other thing is a lot of times they're overheating. They're like, are they causing shorts in your cyberware? And okay. Yes. Um, And that will create status effects. So not only will you have the burst damage, but you'll like be on fire, which will react to other sorts of damage you get and it'll make it worse and everything just goes to shit. And so when you see like an enemy netrunner out there starting to counter hack you, you've immediately got to be like, I now need to go on the attack. Right. Like I can't, if this guy gets three hacks off, I'm dead and it will not take him long to do that. So I need to like boogie over there, kill this guy from the middle of his crowd where his buddies are, not get killed by them. And then I need to like peace out. Right. And uh, redeploy. And so the game does this good job of forcing you to improvise a lot of times, even in fairly routine encounters. And I think another way it does that is, you know how like in Ubi games, sometimes the patrol radius, the leash AI characters are on is so tight and narrow that you can basically like stand outside the magic circle and be like, I'm just going to mess with these dudes. They're yeah. not going to do shit. Uh in cyberpunk, it feels a little more porous. Like as like at first, they're they're like guards won't patrol very far, but their sweeps do tend to get wider, and they will start like looking in places they weren't looking before when the encounter started, and that caught me out a couple times where I realized like oh, they like I think they moved I think they changed search radii. Like now this dude is sweeping an outer perimeter that I thought I was like safe outside of. Right. And now he's basically on top of me and I didn't notice because I stopped taking it seriously. Um, and so you're you're kind of like you're you're often in that that space where you're doing a mix of like recon, thinking about how you want to attack this, executing your plan, and then seeing it go a little bit wrong and having to improvise. Uh, and that gets more interesting as different enemy types are introduced when you start seeing like, you know, combat droids working with you know flying uh you know gunship droids and uh you know the the mix of heavily armed assault troops and then the game truly won me over when we got into the real shit which is 
Cyberpunk's a crime epic. It's not, in a lot of ways, it is not necessarily a game about, like, tech per se. It's, like, it is about basically, like, characters on the margins of the law and society uh, taking their shot, shooting their shot, right? Except here, uh, that could mean that, you know, you will not get out of this town alive. And the, th- the thing you get hooked up with early is somebody brings you a heist and is like, look, this is the brass ring. Um, this is going like, this is our big retirement score. I've given you everything you need to know. Um, I reconned the site. Here's the background. Um, here's the thing. The person we're ripping off is the heir to the Arasaka Megacorp, which is like a <laughs> powerful corp in the world. And, and it, like, it's clearly, it's like, it's so clearly a cursed idea, but everyone's like, yeah, you know, it seems like a good chance. Like you only got to get lucky <laughs> once, right? Listen, yeah. and this, and this you put is enough her, points into luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is, and then, and then as you like, you finish. And by the way, this game, the thing I do enjoy is that. Like in The Witcher Three, remember how even some side quests had tremendous amounts of table setting? Yeah, where it's like, um, there's yeah, the that butcher and stuff like that. Like we're like are famously like side quests that feel like main quests. Yeah, Dude, setting up this heist was like an hour of gameplay of like hearing about okay, who are the principals? Okay, what's the target? Like just total Ocean's Eleven. Like here's what right. the score is going to be. Long survey of what you're getting into. Lots of time to think and plan. Um, and by the end of that, I was totally bought in. Where I was like, oh, I'm in a, I'm in, I am now in a really cool heist movie. Like, I am a doomed noir patsy. And I'm going to take <laughs> this job and I'm going to regret it. But it's going to be awesome. And then, if it wasn't clear enough, as the, like... After the briefing, uh, the woman who sort of found this found this job, uh, she takes you aside and she's like, "Okay, V, the character's V. Um, okay, V, here's the deal. You know the middleman, the fixer we were working with, who kind of brought us together. And fixers are like inviolable in this world, and they always get their cut. And if you screw the fixer, you're basically iced out of society for uh, ever." What if we ripped him off and didn't share the cut with him at all? And I was like, it is a lot of money. Like, you don't need the fixer if you never need to work again. Um, and so we go into the heist and the heist is awesome. All hell breaks loose in some really cool um, ways that are expected and unexpected. It's one of those things where it kind of keeps topping itself and at the end of all that, things have gone so incredibly to shit that I'm like, well, here we go. Act two. This is going to be the Nader. No. Credits. Right. Like, opening opening credits. title. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then the game has its real beginning, uh, right. which is you discover really what it is you stole, what the ramifications are. Keanu Reeves enters the fray yeah. at that point. Yeah, fourteen hours in, Rob gets to the one of the main characters. That's a delight. <laughs> it's incredible, and I guess from there to build on that, 
is is that basic structure then the thing that repeats side quests setting up kind of more crime noir focused cyberpunk stuff which is like a, a key part of early cyberpunk to be clear like it's not like like blade runner the early works of William Gibson, like that stuff is 100% crime fiction, right? Yep. Neuromancer's um, Heist, Blade right. Runner is it, a detective is story. detective story, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so um, is, does it just stay in that mode basically for the, for the most part uh, after that? Yeah, but it's like different kinds of crime stories. Like, I mean, and so that's the thing is like in one story, you might just be a private eye looking into a case the cops can't crack. Um, in another one, you are being brought in by a wealthy patrician family to be like, Hey, we think like, we think somebody's, somebody's messing with us in a really profound and scary way. And we're not sure who we can trust. So we're going to bring you in, hand you this like poison chalice. And now you're going to be enmeshed in the toxic politics of night city. Um, so enjoy that. Or you can go hang out with, um, the smuggler buddy of yours out in the Badlands. And that's just like pure Western heist shit where like there's literally a train robbery. Um, <laughs> you're, you're out there like you're, you're out there with your um, like Mad Max convoys of cars shooting it out with the corpse. And at the end of that, I think you steal a tank um, and <laughs> you fuck a lot of people up with that tank tanks, an old piece of junk, but it's a tank where there's no tanks. Any right. tanks pretty supreme. So, yeah. What what I'm not hearing a lot of here is engagement with some of the things that I think a lot of folks wanted to hear. Um, I mean, so far at least, you know, you're not talking about the politics of this game. You're not talking about whether or not it engages with issues of transhumanism, let alone you know gender or or sex. Um, um, does it start to tackle those things? And if so, does it do them? justice or is it more of what we've seen in the fucking marketing neither um this is the marketing is not the game in a way that like i'm kind of like yeah that's never surprising but here kind of is like this game just doesn't seem interested in that stuff um in and to an extent like Based on what we saw in that marketing, it being less interested in that in that is probably to the game's uh, you know improvement. But the ad in question that ended up being a focal point of this stuff is still that in remains the all game. over the game. So that yeah, shit's still in the game, right? But it becomes part of the visual cacophony of just everything in Night City is kind of like tacky and intentionally uh, garish and uh, shitty. And so in terms of it getting into any themes of like gender, sexuality, transhumanism, it doesn't really, nor does it engage much with race. Like you have, you have the voodoo boys um, who are a high tech gang of um, like Haitian Hank uh, hackers. And they are creating uh, basically, like they've taken over Pacifica, which is what Santa Monica basically turned into. They've taken it over and are creating like kind of a um, like black nationalist enclave uh, over there. And that's as far as the game's gonna go, though. Like you, you'll you'll go, you'll hang out in Pacifica, and people will be like, 
Yeah, like you talk to a to a ripper doc there, guys who give you your 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 cybernetic upgrades, and and the guys like you walk in there and your character says can say something like, "Oh man, like surprisingly clean shop you got here," and he's like, "Oh yeah, what what did you expect? Like you you oh you came out to Pacifica and you thought I'd be a piece of shit? <laughs> no man, you look around you like you know this place is nothing but potential, and soon the world's gonna see." And like, okay, cool. But then those dudes don't exist outside Pacifica. Like right. Pacifica <laughs> is Haitian gangster land. Right. And they don't exist in relation to other parts of the game world, nor do they exist really in relationship to the politics of Night City in some ways. And so like you have a like it is a game where race exists but it's also a game where race is pretty segregated narratively and so you never see races regarding one another and regarding one another in relation to state power and systems and so you know when you have all that taken together have you really engaged with race at all right eh, not right. really the same like I think the same goes for stuff like trans like okay, here's another wild thing. Remember how there was that really shitty quote about um body modification? And you know, every time, you know, if you if you have a prosthetic limb, like are you are you less human? Right. And this is like, and you're like from the tabletop game. It's like the least interesting thing about the tabletop game is that you have a humanity score. Or not the least interesting. It's 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 I think the biggest missed mark is that you have a humanity score that decreases every time you get a piece of cyberware installed, unless it's extremely expensive cyberware, uh, because the rich rich people can afford this stuff, and it makes you increasingly less human until you crack and become again cyber psychosis. Is designed uh, in the tabletop game as like a balancing thing, right? But like, w what a very ableist, you know, uh, construct to be like, yeah, if you if you needed a prosthetic, well, let me tell you, that made you less of a human. And that's not really in this game, one way or the other. Like that's it, like there is no humanity score for the player character. Is there is no. So there's there's a space on my character sheet where there might be a hidden stat. Like huh. I'm, I'm looking at it, and you mouse over it. And you get kind of a glitchy static icon. Mm. Um, so maybe there's a hidden humanity stat. Cyber psychos definitely exist. There's a quest where like one of your fixers is like, hey, uh, cops just tend to shoot cyber psychos, but I think these people just need help. So like, could you bring them in non-lethally and we can start trying to figure out like what's actually happening uh, with these folks? Which cool. It also generates some some like decent mini boss fights. Um, where, where you gotta, <laughs> you know, you can't just like shotgun the video person. games. Yep, we must we must help the mentally ill analog in this world uh, with non lethal mini boss fights. Um, God, yeah. But so the game doesn't ex like you would expect at least with those shitty quotes out there in the world. The game would be like man, like all these people just torn up with these cybernetic prostheses everywhere. Like are they, if they lost their humanity? No, no, just doesn't that, that never comes up. Also, it's not clear. What do these limbs even do? Like, again, you see everyone's got a fucking chrome or like metal leg. And it seems to be as busted and janky as my organic ones. So I'm like, it's, it's, it's weird. Like Deus Ex, you understand why people got modded. 
right? Like it, it's about relations to labor mm-hmm. and like what kind of work you can do and how you stay competitive. Here it's like I'm walking a dude, I'm watching a dude like wander around the neighborhood with like two prosthetic legs, and he appears to have like bad back problems, which I can kind of understand. But in this world, it's like. Did any of this help anyone? Like, is there is there some need being answered by this? Game doesn't really address this. It's more like we're in cyberpunk land, man. Like, right. Everyone's got a metal limb. It's part of the aesthetic. Right. Yeah. Everyone's got those little implants like running down their arms and through their faces. Like, why? I don't know. It looks cool. Because it looks cool. <laughs> right. Right. Because because yeah. it produces an aesthetic effect, which which is, I think, part of like the I think fear or or concern around stuff like the the kind of that transphobic poster or or the stuff with the voodoo boys which this is a quick classic uh cyberpunk 2020 note in the in 2013 and 2020 uh the voodoo boys were a uh white gang who was appropriating haitian culture uh so it's very funny that now they are just black folks they're just actually haitian uh, Mike Pondsmith, I think, was making fun of shitty white dudes with dreads. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, different time, I guess. <laughs> um, this <laughs> is now, probably... Yeah. But now they're like, this is how we honor Haiti. This is how um, we honor Haiti. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you get, and you do get weird lines like, hey, like, you guys don't really seem to be practitioners of voodoo. And they're like, no, it's just heritage. Like this is this is part of our culture, it's cultural identity, but it's not a religious faith. And it was like, did did one of the leaders of the Voodoo Boys just hand me like a dot txt about like? <laughs> did you just hand me the fact about the Voodoo Boys? Um, God, he's like great. You might think this is disrespectful to Voodoo, disrespectful to the Voodoo. I am telling you, sir, it is not. Um, but so. It ignores a lot of the stuff, but then one of a couple of the major plot arcs hinge entirely on sex workers. And then the game gets really specific about what goes on in this world and how mods are used. And so it's kind of weird where it's like the game is super hand wavy about like, why is everyone modded up? Like what 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 does this change for people's relations to to work? And then you get into the subplots with sex workers and it's like so let me tell you how sex happens in cyberpunk. And it's just a little it's it's kind of a telling juxtaposition, right? It's like where were the resources deployed in terms of like thoroughly describing what happens in this world and like how technology is used there. Uh, in terms of like remaking the economy and like humans relationship to labor, mm, not so sure, but in terms of being able to turn other human beings into like the vessel for whatever your fantasy is, uh, we're going to get deep into the weeds on that. Uh, we're going to talk all about dolls and what being a doll does to your brain. Um, and then what happens to dolls when their cybernetics basically burn out from doing this all the time because they're basically being cybernetically disassociated from their bodies. And, uh, you know, we're going to have an entire story around that. And the thing. The, I can't the, tell the, if you if you think this works or not at this point. 
I think it works in context. I think on its own, it works. I think in the context of where cyberpunk puts its markers down, I think it's weird. Okay. Like a little context. Um, one of my favorite mystery writers is Dennis Lane. And I've now gotten farther, far enough away from Dennis Lane where I look at a lot of his earlier work and I'm like, man, this motherfucker liked really gothic, gory detective stories. And a lot of times it hinged on like violent violence against like women and children. Um, and this was, this was kind of his thing. Like the movie gone, baby gone does not approach what the book gone, baby gone is, oh. is actually doing. And in retrospect, that stuff gets weird, but like there's a, that happened across a lot of detective fiction where I think part of it was after a certain point, murder becomes passe. And there was this move to like, to really matter crimes have to be more and more extreme. Uh, but also they have been moving away from systemic investigations and more towards like, you know, how do you know who's really evil? A psychosexual killer, definitely evil. A corrupt councilman? Eh, is that is that going to move the needle? Do we want to read a we want to read a whole novel about investigating a corrupt councilman? I don't know. So, <laughs> a lot of detective fiction moved in this direction. I think cyberpunk follows in that, and it does an okay. It does an okay job uh, in the context of that story. In the context of its own story around these sex workers, but there is a prurient element to all the, all this depiction, right? Where to a degree it's, it is fascinated and arrested by the images of exploitation and abuse that it's conjuring. And you might be the Swiss sword of justice, like coming down here to a, like fix or address some of what's happening here. And, uh, and, and help, uh, you know, these, these, these sex workers, uh, you know, get justice. But at the same time, you should spend an awful lot of time, like hearing the gory details. Right. And it Which is, is different than, uh, the, I hadn't thought about this until this moment, but I mean, one of the things that your review ends up saying, and, and again, a thing that surprised me was the degree to which you, um, felt that V as a character was, you know, uh, sort of knightly and and you know warm and um, heroic and earnest in a way that the mar- again the marketing doesn't show at all. And I only just now realized that a lot of the way you're describing V and the way you're talking about this stuff reminds me of the Yakuza games and Kiryu mm. and and Majima yeah. and the uh, the main character of Seven whose name I can't quite remember right now, even though I played a bunch of that this year. Um, uh, of being like, I'm going to walk into these people's lives and try to like turn things around for them. But those games tend not to stick to all, all the gory details, so to speak, right? There isn't necessarily like, yes, you do uh, interact with sex workers in, in those games. Yes, you, you are uh, talking to people, you know, in the margins and doing your best to, to help them. And, and, you know, when the localization is good and, and the, you know, the, the material isn't itself kind of fucked, um, that stuff is always very uh, warm and, and unique in games. Um, but, but one of the big things is like, you, you, you don't, I don't think that game ever feels exploitative in its handling uh, or that series rarely feels exploitative in its handling of things. Again, with certain 
specific exceptions. Um, whereas here, it sounds like this is a game that wants you to raise wants wants to raise your eyebrows a bit by being like, "Huh, isn't this fucked up?" Yeah, and and I think. Yeah, I, I guess I don't have a, a ton. I, I don't have a ton to add to that without getting into more spoilers. I, right, I think sure, there's sure. some of the stuff comes to a really depressingly bad ending. Um, depressingly bad as in bad for the characters, or depressingly bad as in the writing doesn't work for you for the characters. Okay, like, okay. This is and this is all stuff that you didn't have a ch- you didn't have a choice over, or you you like this is just like a natural like because like the like, Witcher version you, of this is gone. there are bad endings that you've earned, and there are bad endings that you could have avoided, and then there are sometimes just bad endings. Well, they're all bad all, endings, right? right? Like like, bad the, end- like the Butcher quest in general, yeah. like that. All the ways that ends are like pretty rough. There are just like rougher versions of the ending <laughs> along a scale. Yeah. The um. Okay. So so far in this game. And uh, caution warning for some brief discussion of self-harm. There have been two different quests. One a side plot, one a main plot. Where someone you were trying to help um, takes their own life. In one of them, I think it might be because I didn't check on them at the right time. Like, I got one of those, hey, come back later. Talk to this person later. And then I got pulled into a series of like gunfights for three days and I came back and I come back and the police are at this person's apartment and like they're gone. And I like it felt terrible. It felt shocking. Um, And this like I don't know. I don't even know that it was a bad quest, but it was like, okay, um, it seems like the game's telling me that I could have done something different here just by like being there at the right time the, the you know saying open sesame at the right moment and then there's another quest where like it seems like no matter what you did a character is not going to be able to recover from uh what was done and the implication there being the abuse they suffered was just uh it was it, it just overwhelmed them and Again, like, I think in isolation, any of these story beats kind of works, right? Taken as a whole, it's like, oh, you're kind of using that plot beat multiple times. And you're, you know, like, right. in terms of the way the game is structured and the the, the way these arcs tend to wrap up, um, it tends to like going to certain wells. Uh, and those are revealing. And I think that's probably one of my major hangups with the game is that when it wants to get serious, a lot of times it's going to be speaking the language of like um, trauma. And beyond that, it doesn't have a lot to say in a serious tone uh, is the way I would put it. And so I think that that's kind of a frustration um I like I do think some of these quests have been um satisfyingly sticky trying to sort out like in the wake of some of the awful stuff that was happening to the dolls um I sort of took part in this effort to like create a 
uprising against the people who were in charge. And real quickly, it ran into the, hey, there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of cross currents in these conversations. Uh, and I try to navigate them as best I can. But I'm I, I'm like, did I fuck that up egregiously or did I do the right thing? <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious what the game is going to tell me in a few hours. That's another thing. I, this is a game that a lot of it happens over your phone. Um, and this is another reason why I kept getting sidetracked. Your phone is blowing up all the time <laughs> with people being like, hey, man, you you free? Hey, Rob's uh, just very popular. Dude, there was a mission where I'm out there about to do a train heist with my buddy. And she's like all in her feelings about like she's totally going against the clan. This is like she might be exiled, but it's the right thing to do. Clan with a and C, right? Not clan with yeah, a K? No. Okay. No, 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 yeah. Okay. They're a nomad okay. clan. Oh, okay. Um, right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Like the um, Fast and the Furious, like, like car, the car, the great car tribes out in the desert. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they're all in their feelings about it, and they're getting ready for this big heist. And while I'm out there, somebody else is texting me where they're <laughs> like, hey, um, when you get back into town, uh, we need to talk about the thing that happened, and uh, we need to figure out what we're going to do. And I'm sitting there being like, uh-huh, yeah, uh, about to about to hijack, train, and kill Miltech mercenaries. Uh, I think there's a tank. Can I hit you back? <laughs> um, and then you, you hang that up, and like literally as I'm sitting down next to the campfire, somebody is like, hey, uh, are you V? Uh, somebody mentioned that I should reach out to you. I uh, said you're, a, said you're a, a person I can trust, uh, and I, I have a case I need somebody to look into. And I'm like, uh, yeah, not right. Does it need to be right now? Uh, and, and a lot of these things are are time sensitive where it's like not time sensitive necessarily in the, well, obviously in one case, uh, you know, if you didn't do something at a certain moment, something else happened. But a lot of them are like, you can only do this at, like in the afternoon. You can mm -hmm. only do this. And you can always go to the place and just click wait. But I don't know. Uh, do you do the Witcher meditate? Do you, what, what's there? Wait. Uh, it sort of seems like you just kind of hang out and okay. you sort of uh, lean against the railing. But do you do it in a menu or you like have to go to a place? You go to the place. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Hmm. What? I, I'm interrupting you here, but thinking about waiting around in the city, what is the. Does the. Does Night City feel. Night City feel like a city or feel like it has that sort of vibe? Because what they've shown a lot of are set pieces. What you've talked a lot about are quests. But when I think about like Novigrad in Witcher 3, I think of a place that felt really bustling even when I wasn't doing main plot stuff. Does Night yeah. City have that sense? No. Uh, hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a big fake city, Austin. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like it's, does it convince you it's alive? Not really. Um, part of it is because the liveliest parts are obviously where, where there's like quests happening where it's like sure. you wander into a shootout and the cops are shooting out with the tiger claws and uh, sometimes I'll intervene because I'll catch a stray round and I'll be like the fuck and <laughs> then I'll wander over there and sort it out um, but other times I'll just be like eh that's just a gunfight it's not my business like who am I to adjudicate this street battle uh, couldn't be me um, I'm not I'm not I'm not the Solomon of of Night City here. But for the most part, like it's just a big dumb fake city. Like and 
here are the ways in which is very silly. When you summon a car and your car spawns in, it will often spawn underneath another car. And okay. sometimes that car will explode immediately. And you look <laughs> down the street at where your car sprang into existence oh and it is God. surrounded by confetti of another vehicle that was there. Like oh. just it's total matrix. Like the body was just seized and ripped apart. <laughs> like just like uh, so, so I got to go somewhere Jesus else to Christ. wait, but I can summon a second car and have it just cause a nuclear a small yeah. <laughs> like dirty nuke um, in the in Night City. <laughs> I have run over a lot of people by accident because the mm, keyboard door. controls aren't great with the with the car. So like I try to hit the apex, but I just cut the curb and I just drive <laughs> over the sidewalk and like eight people die. And I drive what happens? Like, two blocks <laughs> and the cops are like, eh, fuck it. And which is good because like it's really not that kind of game. Like yeah there's a heat right, level, right. but I did not want to be like trying to escape the cops that much. And the game seems smart enough to know that. So you just drive away a little bit and it's fine. Those people I never talked about again, which is fine because they weren't doing anything. They were just like they they were just kind of droning around the city. Um, likewise, the city has a lot of interesting spaces to go visit where where you can go do things. But like more in the like do a mission here, have an encounter there. But like as big as the city is, it's a whole lot of buildings you can't get into. It's a it's a whole lot right. of uh, you know blocks where there's just nothing to interact with, as far as you can tell. Which does make it very cool sometimes where you stumble into a really dense place that is full of stuff that's interactive and you're like, oh shit, this this city's huge. But in terms of it convincing you that it's a city with like its own life and a pulse, doesn't doesn't really do it. Um but hang on, I, I, I've been remiss. I've not talked about one thing. Yeah. We we alluded the day one patch. Mm-hmm. And you just and talked about a car blowing up underneath another car because yeah, that that's system one of their better working systems. No, Austin, that is by by Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven systems, the exploding spawn car thing. Um, that is working uh, as intended. It's fine. Um, no, so beyond that stuff, this is just an incredibly um, janky game right now. And I think we talk about like it being a death march. Like this sort of seems like a thing where if you ever ask yourself, wow, like this seems like so beyond what CD project red has done in the past and like not really their core competency as a developer, how are they going to figure out how to do this? It seems like to an extent they didn't. And it's going to be legions of QA and programmers like going in and fixing right. scripting, fix it. Like a lot of things are going to be sort of hammered down like nail by nail because it seems like entire systems are shaky as hell. Um, I keep having glitches where my cybernetics stop working. Like I'll pull up my scanner and the little menu that's supposed to appear to let you do hacks just doesn't. Which is bad because there's places where you phys- like you basically can't advance unless that scanner is working. Like there's a landmine. Right. The, like there's a minefield. How do I get through the minefield without disarming the mines with my scanner? Is that something um, you fix by just doing like, a save load situation? Or sometimes, most of the time, but sometimes mm. not. Like one time, I just like I guess I just have to hop over this tripwire rather than disarm the explosive because it is not bringing up my uh, my scanner. I guess I could reload a much earlier save back when my scanner existed. Um, but 
Yeah, so I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to roll with that. Um, there's hardly been a dramatic moment where animations didn't stop entirely. Like it's hilarious. The <laughs> big first act plot twist. I mean, like we're talking 20 minutes of script, scripted sequences that are like surprising and shocking and heart wrenching and effective. It's all characters just standing in aisle poses, sliding <laughs> around oh the room. God. I dropped my glasses. I dropped them for real. Yeah. Um, Better animation happening on your yeah. webcam than in the game, apparently. So I would have to, like, so sometimes I'll just be like, I guess I have to exit and load and hope the animations happen again. Or, like, there was a big scene where Keanu's kind of, like, first conversation where uh, Johnny Silverhand is starting to open up to me a little bit. And he keeps standing and sitting, standing and sitting, standing and sitting. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and so he's, like, doing fucking burpees. Uh, like while he's gotta stay fit, yeah, yeah. And he's I'm probably like, got another John Wick movie coming up, you know. <laughs> Two of them. They're doing back to back movies next, you know. Like Johnny, have a seat, and he's no, no. Oh. Um, and so like that stuff happens constantly. There's times where it just feels like the stealth is not working. Like things are detecting me that I'm like, I don't know that I should be detected, or it's like. I literally saw a bunch of these enemies spawn in behind me, and that's why I'm getting spotted. Like, I walked into a room, and they all spawned. Like, I watched. I was looking up, and look, there's a droid. Now it's there. Um, And so, like, this thing feels like it is barely holding together. So maybe that day one patch is going to be just epic. I hope Just I truly hope so. transformative. Um, But this is... A very buggy game that in the busier sections where there's a lot going on, it gets worse, not better. Like, one of the reasons that my progress started to really slow to a crawl is because this shit was starting to happen so often that I was like, well, gotta stop that encounter and try to bring back my scanner. Um, Yikes. Yeah. So, it is in concerning shape, um, and that's on PC. Yeah. I am super curious Can't what wait. the next gen console codes are going to look like. And this is also going to be running on older hardware too, it, right? Dude, it can run on well, and, like and the, and the next Xbox gen stuff. Ones, which couldn't run Fallout 4 well. Yeah. Oof. This is what I'm saying, right? This is be like, speaking of janky games. I, I I watched a bunch of leaked footage that some of that had a pre-release patch of like 40 or 50 gigs on it. Some of it didn't. There have been leaks all weekend. Like this is the thing that happens. Right. Um. Uh. And and what it, who knows? Who knows what after day one patch looks like? But to me, the thing that was like so shocking was looking at an Xbox One S versus a PS5. Uh, streams for for those two things. Um, uh, the Xbox One S version is just like the city is empty. The people are not walking around. Nothing is happening. There's like very strange, um, like dynamic resolution stuff happening to try to get the game to just function right on that hardware that makes things seem to fade in and out of existence. Again, all of this is pre-patch. You know, this is retail copies, people who got their Best Buy copies and they were like, fuck it, I'll stream it. I don't care. Give me a DMCA notice, which also really quick. Uh, uh, CDPR has also like been filing DMCA takedowns on things that are not even 
like new gameplay. Someone who got a retail copy, played through it, uh, and put up a review who had not signed an NDA, who had not agreed to an embargo, had his review taken down from YouTube via DMCA, which is just an abuse of DMCA. That doesn't – there's nothing there that is protected uh, uh, copyright uh, for them to be able to do that. Uh, but you can't win that that Kate. You know what I mean? You're not going to take. No, they have, the they have the power. They're, they're technically yes. allowed to do this, even though it's complete, complete bullshit. bullshit. They should, um, um, should be allowed. You know, there were some. There were some. There was a post on on Twitter over the weekend uh, about the use of a um, a Maori like facial tattoo that again got got pulled. Uh, which that did at least have you know an image. But if what you're doing is like going after people who are critiquing your use of cultural signifiers uh, by using DMCA to to take down that critique because your game isn't technically out yet, even though people who bought it legitimately have it in their hands, and that's where these assets came from. Yeah, your game went from. gold, and then you delayed it after you, it went yeah, gold. Like, what did you think was going to happen? at that point. It has been published. It's out there. So, like, again, I think that that side of it is a fucking mess. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to see some, like, base PS4 and Xbox One stuff that is really wild to look at i i which is important i think the important thing to remember is like most people don't have a next-gen console most people don't have a great pc with a good graphics card this is also a, the, the next-gen version isn't the next-gen version right that's the it's other just, thing right it is it is a it is a half step in yes. which there are some improvements on the new xbox the new playstation but the next-gen patch with like fancier effects, like the I don't know exactly what the or whatever are. it's going to be, yeah, whatever they're going to do, like they basically punted on that, and they're not alone. Like several yeah, developers yeah, yeah. have done that, and 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 there, I'm sure some of that's COVID related, and this game being just a nightmare to to get out the door. Uh, that's not happening until they said next year-ish. Like I wouldn't be shocked if that wasn't until well into the spring. Which, based on some of the things that Rob is saying. Like it might like there are a lot of games to play uh, and and maybe this game has turned out uh, like surprisingly better than we would have thought based on the marketing and the, what we had seen. But you also might just might be in like the best like boat possible if you just give it six months to like figure itself out. There doesn't seem to be a lot. The reviews are all hitting right now. Like yeah. all the reviews are sort of like, eh, like. <laughs> Like that's basically. Like, I'm sure some some of them were positive than others, but the, the reviews sort of seem to be like, well, h- here it is. Here's Cyberpunk. Here yeah. it is. Um, There's moments genuinely I can see myself loving this game. Like some of these some of these quests, I'm like, this rules. Like this is this is what I want. This is which is what I expected from this game to be. Yeah. I've been all along thinking like I think this is gonna game with like some exceptionally strong writing hidden in packets in a way that yeah. The Witcher had, but The Witcher just had like more. A better a base, uh, a better floor. Really, it's yeah. like Witcher's floor, Witcher's floor, or, and Cyberpunk's floor is so much lower, which is maybe then going to make like the good quest feel higher, just like because it's like relative to what you're experiencing on a moment. Like it was just so enjoyable. Like I hated the combat in The Witcher, and it was too long. But boy, <laughs> I just loved walking around that world and just bumbling into things. And it just seems like in Cyberpunk, at least what you've encountered so far is a that's that just happens less often, um, and the highs just aren't as high, and the lowers are a lot lower. Yeah, there's there's no equivalent for like you would stumble into a really quick narrative beat in The Witcher, where like somebody just you'd see a cool like tail end of someone else's story, or you'd be there for like a cool moment. 
That's not something that should have been a collectible in another game is like an auth, like a little five, ten minute authored piece of content that like tells you something about a character or the world. And The Witcher Three is just fucking full of that shit. Um, even if what you're doing, the actual like mechanics of like the combat or actions of the player are rote, there's just like enough narrative flourish that like you remember that that sequence. Like it's part of what makes that game special yeah. and have power. Um, it just seems like there's not as not as much as that. Uh, here. No, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, in terms of how it feels, it feels more like The Witcher One to me than, uh, and I love The Witcher One, sure. But also, you had to really like go out and meet it on its own terms. Well, that game they had to basically like the special edition of that game is like a like a pseudo remaster with like huge like changes to the system. Yeah. It was like yeah. I remember you know Vinny Caravella playing that original Witcher, and it was like with like the the most the biggest caveats in the world of like if you're gonna come play this game before they went back and, and kind of beefed it up as they moved towards Witcher two. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm like pleasantly surprised that it's not as much of an abject, like the, the glitches I don't worry about as much. I mean, it sucks because the conditions in which those glitches have come to arrive were probably horrendous, but in terms of my expectations of like how you were going to speak to the story, like almost like it not being like a complete trash fire is like a pleasant surprise, which is a yeah. weird place to be with a video game. I don't know that necessarily makes me like super excited to in some ways you have reassured me like as I'm hitting game of the year time and I'm going, what do I need to spend my time with? It's like, ah, like when my cyberpunk code shows up this week, like I'm going to make sure I finish playing the pathless and I'm going to finish <laughs> making sure I play a handful of games. Like I, I, I want to play it. I want to like see what it is, right. but I don't know that it's like on a sprint to when we have to record game of the year podcast that I need to scream through 12 hours of cyberpunk to like figure out my thoughts. It is very rare that I feel relieved that I didn't have to, like, I'm so glad I didn't have to review this game. Rob, you took a bullet for me. (laughs) I can play this thing slow. I don't, we have long conversations about it. (laughs) What was it? September? We were like, went through a release schedule. And it's like, all right, Austin, you're going to have to play one of these. Like Rob, you're going to, like you were just the people for this. I'm sorry. I flat refused to play Watch Dogs. You did. I'm not (laughs) doing it. I'm not. Well, again, I had that history with Watch Dogs where it's like, I bet I I can find an angle here. I knew Austin could get through it and I knew I couldn't. Uh And I knew I could get through, like I could could get into Cyberpunk. Whereas Uh like, I've already bailed. Sorry, Legion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah. Which is like, well, I think that's the other half of that. I, I, Rob, I know you yeah. have to go. I, you're, out, you're hard out. But I, I, I think it's very interesting. And maybe in a future episode, once once more of us have played Cyberpunk, the ways in which those two games are in conversation with a notion of the future, a notion of of Cyberpunk as a genre, um, et cetera, I'm very curious about because because Legion left me so excited in so many systemic design ways and so flat on so many other yeah. ways and this feels like the opposite nothing here feels like a grand step forward in game design and yet it sounds like some of the smaller more human stories are the sorts of things i love the most about good rpgs um you know i so so we'll see i don't know i'm more excited about the expansions to cyberpunk given like the history of maybe if like yeah the history of cd like the, some of the best storytelling in the witcher 3 like happened in, in those two expansions so Maybe with like this off their, you know, the big foundation out of the way, they'll they'll be like a chance for better storytelling in the future. Sounds good. All right, Rob, you should head out. Uh, we'll yep. take a quick break and we'll we'll hit a few more little things before we wrap up. As I know, can I just read? Uh, yes, uh, I don't want to hold Rob up anymore, but I like the reviews are hitting, yes. and so there was just a couple of interesting. Uh, uh, Gene Park at Washington Post. 
Um, he said, I wanted his, uh, in his tweet thread about his review. It says, Cyberpunk is a buggy mess. The game wasn't as bad for me at the start, but towards the end of the game, it started to collapse. Every main character was touched by hilarious bugs. I think this speaks to a lot of what I was saying. He says, the last frame before credits was bugged. I thought it was the actual end. Oh, my God. <laughs> Incredible. Uh I briefly read through Carolyn Pettit's uh, review overall. Polygon. I'm super excited. Polygon. Me too. Carolyn fucking to rules so much, and uh, her her copy is so clean here. It's so smart. People should go read that. Oh, go sign up for. She has a lot of great posts yep. on on Medium. Medium she yeah. writes privately. She does a lot of really good. Stuff. She's fantastic. So good reviews out there. I'm glad to see folks doing doing. You know, I'm glad to see the folks who are who are <laughs> who are here. Cameron finding good folks to like <laughs> review these games. Cameron Kunzelman, uh ten minutes into review posting, we've discovered what we knew the whole time. Cyberpunk is a land of contrasts. <laughs> uh, whew, we could just I could just read Twitter right now. I could just read Twitter into a microphone. That's content, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Steph Tinsley says, "Well, now you know why only certain folks got review copies." Whew. Well, I mean, we should like. I will say, yeah, I was genuinely surprised Me too. that. So okay, I I didn't sign any fucking contracts. That's um, right. Like we, the way this game is going to be mostly distributed is through an external PR firm. Yes. Um, Who we've worked uh, with for three years they, about they, a they billion things. About. One of the games I'm going to yeah, talk about in the next segment. I, we got. I got a code for through this this external thing. Yeah, it's it's a really good like they're like in terms of like, the best thing in the like in in the industry for getting codes. Yeah, for it, coverage. Evolve, evolve. Shout out to evolve. Yeah. Like, a shout out. They're great. They're great. Really good and easy to work with. Um, and they 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 were are, are supposed to be handling the vast majority of like code distribution. This this great website where you log in. It's like it just makes it super easy for our job and their job to like meet meet halfway, and then. Like I, I mentioned this earlier, like the day before Thanksgiving, I'm like sitting down, like watching like Wishmaster and like <laughs> sipping a scotch. I'm like relaxing. Kids are asleep. And family's asleep. And I get this email that's like, by the way, if directly from CD Projekt Red, that's like, oh, like, hey, we're sending out codes just for this PC version. Um, and that's where the implication is like, oh, there's like this is like there's a there's a large circle of people who are getting access to this and then like a really small circle. Yeah. And the reason I just think it's worth pointing out is because like we were never contacted to be involved in any of the pre-release coverage, which if I was a PR person, I would not have done no. either. Like we were very skeptical about a, a lot of this game that if your job is to get people to write good things about your game to generate hype and interest, I, we would not be an out. We would be an outlet like on a, on a list that was like they're probably going to be skeptical and the, the coverage may not come out universally positive. So maybe don't involve them in pre pre-release. And so like, none of that shocked me. But I was kind of shocked that we were included in that that final circle, which you know, I you know, I'm not necessarily saying like to their credit necessarily. No, I just no. think it was it was it uh, was interesting. It is the way it played it out. It is if I was still the EIC of Waypoint, I think I would be making a big stink about the way this shit was handled. Um, not only because I think that you get bad reviews when you have to churn through a game really quickly. I don't want to be. Gene Park said he finished the game at four a.m. This is what I'm saying. I don't think did Rob finish it. No, Rob didn't finish it. He's 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 deep into it because he shouldn't have. No, that's what a reasonable person 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 does. I yeah. Um, it's you don't get good criticism out of needing to rush through a thing. I'm I'm cautious about the like, which is which is also I like I don't know the CD Project, yes, but like that would be a strategic. 
Like, it is possible that this game code that came to Rob and this select group of media was because that was quite literally the first moment they could do it. In a non-COVID year, this feels so much like one of those games where they fly you out to, they fly 10 people out to a hotel yes. to do the review coverage. No, you're the, going to the studio. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're, studio you're, actually, you're going yeah, there. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. You're going to play you're it all there. you tour. Yes. You'll play yes. it there. Like, that um, whole thing. They, um, they're definitely the kind of old school studio that would want to do totally. that. Totally. Uh, wow. The fact that, like, the other half of this is if you were not on that list of if you were not Rob Zachney or IGN or whatever, if you were one of the many, many, many other outlets who are really hungry for views, uh, you didn't not only did you not get a code with enough time to to play the game to have a review today, you were just kind of left in the dark in general because of the way that CDPR ended up delivering the code themselves and not going through the PR company the way that you shit normally works um i like and also how it was communicated ahead of time yes. was the whole idea yes. was like leading up until this split was hey just log into this yes. very useful website put down which platform you want when the codes are available you will get an email that says click agree to embargo and then there's the code and and you redeem it um and, and, and the reason i just like think it's worth talking through this process because it is like i said it is possible this is Last Tuesday was the first delivery date. They were being like, you can try and like carve out all these caveats. The yeah. thing is, the, the, what we've experienced the last couple of years with CD Projekt Red is there's reasons to be skeptical of those caveats. Um, um, but it's also like a condensed review period. Not only does it produce poor criticism, it is also naturally going to, from the reviewer's perspective, you are going to, there is doubt in your ability to like fully like criticize and understand the thing that you are playing. And thus, in general, yeah. ha- a history of having played games and reviewed games for, you know, 20 plus years, like you're going to be more forgiving because you can't get out your sharpest knife because you haven't had time to sharpen right. it. Yep. Um, you, if you and, and that is both, in, thing, that is both like, praising a thing yes. and and criticizing a thing. Criticizing can be praising. I, you know, that, that word is, you know, can be used in, in weird ways. But I like it, you just get it's harder to, uh, to 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 fully understand how you feel about a thing if what you're doing is spending six days cramming and then having to spit out, you know, totally. 1200 words about totally. that experience. And, and, and right now what we have is a handful of reviews from all of the, you know, the most major sites, uh, only for PC builds, nothing from any of the console builds, nothing from sites that are small. And again, would desperately need to, to have a review out today in order to compete for traffic. Um, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, of how this, comes together where I just end up feeling so frustrated with the way that that uh, it was handled. I'm glad Rob was able to to play, you know, what he played and and get down some really thoughtful uh, words about the game. Um, uh, I'm glad that he didn't push himself to try to do the gene part, which is also why there. we do that. Like I think, like to be clear, like there there are like mysterious traffic things that people that are not Rob and I like think yeah. about, but like. It is not the case that Rob and I wake up every day and are basically we operate how we want to operate. Yeah. And then if people tell us like, hey, we, if you could post more frequently, it would help. Like it's not other things like don't exist, totally. but it's you not gotta, something that hangs get, over our head. You're going to note every once every like, you know, eight months, someone says, hey, we really need a few more posts this week because there's like a, uh, not a quota, but, you know, someone someone high up has decided yeah. this month we really want to push. And, and that stuff happens, yeah. and, you know, like people like Emmanuel and Jason we work with who, do, who worry about that stuff more than we do. And, and to, to to their great credit, allow us to just sort of like do what we want to do until we're told that, you know, change others. But I just wanted to make the point that part of the reason like Rob wanted to do this 
and like to make sure like we also understand that for our audience specifically they want to know how to feel about it. this is like a game where like people have like a really a lot of complicated feelings they are excited for it they're also worried about it they're not sure what it's speaking to what it's not speaking to is it like explicitly from top to bottom a transphobic video game that needs to be dumped into like the harry potter box um and so i think part of the reason like rob you know pushed himself to to get something together is is understanding like people want to know what we have to say about what we think about it it's important to them and like that is not unimportant in why like the traffic stuff is 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 helpful but i but you know i think part of the reason you know rob wanted to do that was like he has something to say and also knows that it is it is worthwhile to our audience and and they want to hear that and so you know rob rob delivered rob he his one review of the year i the, like the one that like he wants to climb a death stranding uh-huh. mountain where i'm like rob what are you doing like uh, but he did finish Death Stranding, but he really fucking liked yeah, that game. Did. I don't think he, he would have finished it otherwise. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, we should take a break and we should come back to talk about a few other little things and then we'll wrap up because we're already we're already going long uh, today. <laughs> so longer than well, we also had some tech issues at the top of the podcast that we're not going to go yeah. into the podcast. Rob, Rob, Rob kind of at the, at the end, like if you have any of that recorded, can you do like, hey, you want to hear yes. what like some weird shit that happened to Rob's audio? <laughs> Just real, like, yeah. Turn down your headphones yes. and uh, here's the last 10 seconds of the podcast. Make sure it's not too, uh, I'll, I'll soften it a bit for the, for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> Rob went far enough away on, I'm going to reset my machine that we became, do we need a text Rob? Rob, okay. Like, <laughs> Rob, fall into did his the, PC yeah. blow up? God. Anyway. Um, all right, let's take a break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we're back. This is probably not going to be good, you know, podcast fodder, but I'm going to mm. say it anyway. I watched a Let's Play of Bloodborne huh. over the last, like, week and a half. Okay. And I was like, hey, I'm rewatching it definitely, like, you know, I, I just seen Natalie beat it over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's, like, enjoyable. I, I definitely think one, I like that game more to watch other people play it than to play it myself. <laughs> but even still, I just felt like, God, I really wish there was just like a little bit more environmental, like variation in that game um, I, that game more than um any other in the yeah. souls canon uh w- would have uh, like been modded to death i think yes Bloodborne you're totally would have, right uh i mean not, not that like the dark souls hasn't like had a lot of really cool mod stuff but i just think there was something there was something like especially unique about bloodborne that i think it would and yeah. still would if like it you know they eventually you know do the the fabled pc version um that right. it would it would it would have like a really rich community um totally because that would be the, like i don't want to replay that game <sighs> even if they did like a 60 fps patch on ps5 like Which i want to play that they, game yeah with a mod that like t- 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 turns the health into an estus flask <laughs> like yeah. i don't want to yeah. like i don't yeah. want to play that game and fight the two trolls 
uh, to the left of the opening area <sighs> that are easy to mine the health drops yeah. and just do that for with two and bricks, a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh-huh. with the bricks because uh-huh. they dropped them. <laughs> and if you just did that for two hours, you could fill your you chest good. and yeah. like. And basically, like, oh, I'm good for about 15 hours before yeah, I have to worry about yeah, this. Again. Exactly. And what I was, I'd like is just give me an Estes flask because that's what you did. I can only carry 10. Like, yeah. you built an Estes flask, but then made me have to grind for it anyway. It drives me crazy. <laughs> um, I was. Kata, what were you going to say? I was just say I was going to say, like, I was farming stuff in Demon Souls last night and wondering why it didn't chafe me as much as it did in Bloodborne. And I like. I think you have more options in. Well, one things I think, drop more often in yes. in Demon Souls. Yeah. If you're getting lots of grass, you have magic that uh-huh. you can compensate for if you want to. Go, sure. Like like my build has just just enough magic to let me cast health uh, three times. <laughs> right. Run, which right. like nice. Yeah. Which extends a run like exponentially. Sure. Like especially if you're in like a you know in in uh, uh, the the final world or something like that where you're just kind of like slowly inching forward. Um, and also, yeah, like, okay, so you don't, you, your health is too good for the light grass, but you know what? You could use six of those just use and six like, you've, of gotten your, yeah. you've gotten your health back. I just uh-huh. think it, it drops more, you have more variety of options, and the way, at least I found, over the course of Souls, like, you, the, the amount of Souls it costs to level up, there are some times where you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to spend all that on grass and just not worry about leveling up. At least I found myself doing that sometimes. Like, I've only got 10,000 and I need 35,000 to level up. I'm not going to hoard it. I'm just going to spend it on grass and move on with my life. I feel like part of it also help that helps is a lot of the something about like, okay, I'm going to go get prepped for this boss fight, but having to go to specific places to gather certain materials helps it feel more like, like you're going on a, on a, on a preamble journey, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to go to Bulletaria palace because that's where all the fucking health stuff drops. I'm going to go to the tower and pick up some MP refill shit. Yep. Uh, you know, do a run to to level up my weapon a couple more times at uh, the fucking the second two one or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And totally. so then, like, by no, the time I, you're like, I love there, it's like, oh, game. I've been like around a bit, but it all like kind of mesh instead of like being the two ogres on that one staircase. <laughs> right. It's yep. like this place has that that feeling of like this is where you get the health stuff from because that's where they used it the most or like you know and you've got like the item that like increases your drop like there's like you just get more flexibility if or or, like it allows you to go into when you go into grind mode in bloodborne i guess not satisfying like you're just there like you're just in it and in demon souls i feel it feels like there are like multiple things you can be accomplishing on like a grind. I don't know. I just I find it to be less grating in, mm-hmm. yeah. in Demon Souls, whereas Bloodborne is like maybe one of my like top three favorite games of all time. And yet, I feel like it has just like this fundamental flaw <laughs> that I would I would mod out of the game happily and, yeah. and thus enjoy it more. Patrick, the Pathless. Tell me about the Pathless. I, I mean, I've yeah, talked about it, but it's great. You're all I the way on. You're, you re- like it? I really like okay. this game uh, a lot. Um, yeah, I started, uh, I've been banging through, you know, like I mentioned before, a bunch yeah. of sort of like game of the year candidates, and and this was one of them. Um, once you had spoken to, like, mo- like movement is big, you know. It feels like so good I, to move around in that game. To, to a degree that I wish there was more movement mechanics. I, uh, there is a, a thing that happens, you know, the game structure where you're fighting these various, uh, like, colossi, big yeah. beasts um, in different areas. And then after you finish the second one, uh, the game, uh, like these little hooks that you're shooting to gain to to gain your like sp- a sprint meter, they add um, variants that like supercharge you, like it's a, it's a it turbo speed. 
I just want one, the moment that was introduced is like, I wish that had been there from the jump or much earlier. And then in addition to that, I just wish there were more, ver- I just wish there, there are times where I'm going two or three minutes where like from one part yeah, of the map to the other. Map. And it's, and, it, and it's a big map and I'm fine without the fast travel. I think the game benefits from, from having you engage with the movement systems, but I just wish I had more, t- like in Spider-Man, for example, right when I am spending two to three minutes, you know, going across a map. And and in that game, I'm choosing to do it. And the game is gambling that it is so enjoyable to do that two to three minutes that you're not going to want to do the fast travel. You're, we're going to give you so many different things you can do on your way there, whether it's tricks or, you know, it's L1 and right. X so that you're like shooting to the like a piece on the on the roof of something like you just there's just be you have like a bunch of options and you don't have to do them. You can just hold R2. You can you but can it's just very swing. fun to do the other. But stuff. it's so yeah. much fun to do the other stuff. Um, and I wish the pathless had more of that because there were there was like a sequence in a boss battle where I accidentally got the like acrobatic trophy, which is where if you are jumping in the air um, and you shoot one of these uh, little icons, you do like a flip right. and you can stay in the air. Um, you're largely meant to do that when you're like floating with the owl and uh, are kind of like going from ding, ding, ding. But I had this sequence where like I hit like four of them in a row and I'm just like flipping in the air and also shooting at an enemy. And it was just beautiful. It like felt so cool, looked so cool. And then when I got back to the main map and I was like, well, I'm going to hit like 10 of these basic icons in a row and run fast. Like I just, I just wanted more, like give me more reasons to shoot to the sky. Like give me more reasons to dive down. Um, And it's fine, but it just, you know, I'm clearly in the back half of, of the game. It's not particularly long, but if like, I, I really actually hope they make another one of these or something that like plays in the same space. And all I would want from that would be more, give me more yeah. like more moment to moment movement options because it is just such a joy to be in that space. And all I want to do is just give me a give me a different thing to do as I'm as I'm looking for the next icon. Um, because, yeah, I yeah, I I don't know. I, I do wish there was a map like I, it's like super yeah. frustrating to like get to the end of an area. Even if you only got one at the like, end of an area, that would even be that's good, what I right? think they should do. I think, I think it should and then yes. give me a map so I can cl- do clean up, you know, because just like for the structure of the game is is you only you know, you're doing these puzzle areas that give you little pieces that let you unlock um, the different pillars. Right. And once you unlock a couple pillars, you can fight the boss. But then it's clear um, it's like, oh, hey, there's a bunch of things you didn't find. If you collect all of those, something else You'll will happen. That's a special optional. thing. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's it's a lot of them. It's like, oh shit, it's a like, lot. I collected I collected eight, and I thought I <laughs> I've really yeah. been paying attention. And the game's like, no, nah, actually, there's like twelve more that you didn't find. But there's no easy way to do that. There, I tr- in the first area alone, I was like, oh, they just go to the top and look around. I'll see it. And it's like, no, I'm not seeing it. I clearly need to like go around. It just. I'm not going to look up a walkthrough. And at that point, if I can't find it easily, I, I want a map or just, yes, give me the, I, at the end of the game, I want the game to go, uh, Hey, do you just want to go find all the puzzles? Like, boo, we've given you a superpower that like, like Mart really, you just hit that secret vision. And like, you can just clearly see all of the puzzle locations yeah. across uh, the map. So I, all that said, I, You're I really liking really it. Yeah, like yeah. It. I, I really, I think really I like just, it. And the boss battles are spectacular. They're really good. I, uh, um, I, so I've done the first, I think I've done the first two. Um, I did the, the deer is the first one. And then I did the lizard after that, I want to say, which has like yeah. the sequence where it's like, it's sort of like the, the dragon god, god demon soul sequence. Yeah. You yes. Know? Yes. Um, uh, and that was good. Um, uh, I, I think I just need to get over my completionist. If I just beat the game, I'm sure I'll have a good time. You know what I mean? I just go back into it. 
do it. I just, to get the win, I, see, I just embraced. And I just embraced that. Yeah. Was just I like, even though this is a game that if I was given the tools, I would go back and clean because the you know we were talking about Immortals and that is a game. It's playing this in contrast oh, to Pathless was really fascinating yeah. because the puzzles are so good <laughs> in Pathless. They are so much They're like, so it, much it, better than Immortals. Whereas stuff. I go into a vault in Immortals and it's like, ugh, all right, like time to move these things around. I get to a puzzle in Pathless, I'm like, ooh, time to move these things yeah. around. Like, yeah. like it's the the puzzle structures are really not that different. You are you are doing a lot like you know, very similar. Grab the weight uh, play and spaces. place the weight on this on this pressure plate and that moves oh, this there was, and there that. Was, there was, yeah, there was, there was one shit. I just did in um, Pathless where all you're doing is uh, pressing on a button and then like uh, four different like circles are like moving in front of you and you have to time the arrow so it moves to all of them at the same time. And it sounds so simple, but the, and the timing is just like so specific and weird and it was just so much yeah. fun like all right all right just roll it up again <laughs> like send those send those motherfuckers across like and i'm gonna sh- and then the time that i got them all to go wait did I don't you know find that the I one that's like that except you have to run along with it no it's but that sounds really great. good that it's like there's awesome. like four targets and then there's a one that you have to like you yank it you pull it all the way back and then you let it go and it slowly starts going around and so you have to like run alongside of it and make sure that you're lined up as it hits each of these, like, uh, you know, checkpoints basically on its path to shoot through it. It's very good. I mean, and I think, and it's I, just, I wish you could pull up a map and, like, hey, Patrick, <laughs> this like, you is where go it do is. This puzzle. And I, and there's totally. an activity thing that, like, shows up on my PS5 UI and it's like, Austin sent you this puzzle. Uh, do you want to go do it? Yes, I do. Right. Totally. Uh, um, the, uh, the, what was I going to say? Fuck. I, I just think it speaks to, like, how important game feel is. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it just, it's just it feels so It's fun good. to move in that in in that game. And actually the fact that it's like so they they make it aggressively unfun to not be sprinting. Yes. Like just walking. walking like there are a couple of in that game. <laughs> it's really not yeah. fun. There are a couple of sequences where they they purposely like disable uh like the your your eagle friend and you have to just kind of walk and there's not many areas to like charge up your sprint meter and you have to do some sort of platforming stuff. And it's fine, but like in the world like there's a different version of this game where it's they made it a little more fun to to just walk or like you're a little faster. But I like the fact that I hate it um, because it then pushes you like, no, you need to keep engaging with this specific system. It's not unplayably uh, unfun. It's just sort of like this is not the game. And so they only, it, they contain it to very specific sequences where you where you walk Um and I don't, yeah. So yeah, I, the story's whatever. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I actually kind of stopped like looking at the dialogue things and the, the lore just, it, it, okay, fine. Like the visuals are great. The movement is great. The puzzles are great. That's what I'm here for. And I like read enough of the story stuff to be like, I, I don't need to seek out any more of these like stone tablets Um, to, there's just not enough going on there for me to want to, to actually do it. But all the other stuff is, is terrific. Um, It makes me excited because that's a, the, the arc of the studio is one I'm glad like their mechanic stuff is getting better. Um, It like makes me really excited to see what they would do after a pathless because it just like from Abzu to this to whatever they do next is, is really exciting. So yeah, definitely. I highly recommend checking out pathless. I, I echo that it's, is good. It's shit, good. And I'm, it's I'm good. excited I, to I, see I, the end of it. I keep telling myself to go back to it because, because, when I'm having a good time in it, I'm having a good time in it. And that's yeah. just, you know what I mean? So, um, I got two quick shout outs. Go. One, uh, there's a game that's an isometric 
you know, uh, souls like Bloodborne thing. Uh huh. Mm, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's super good, but I th- think that there's like some neat ideas in it. Uh, it's called Morbid: The Seven Acolytes. Uh, it's on PC. Um, it's interesting okay. to play one of these in an isometric perspective because that's not normally. You get a lot of like two D sprite based ones. Like, um, what's the one that you love, Patrick? Blasphemous, right? Oh, sorry. Yes, Blasphemous. blasphemous yeah, or there's been a bunch of yes. these. Um, so it was, there's a bunch of those. I think Blasphemous is the best of the like 2D totally, yeah. Souls uh, sort of. Um, thing. Th- yeah, I mean th- that's that's what it seems like from just from talking to people. Uh, I've not I've not played I think any of them really. Um, this has some like interesting skill stuff where you are you do get like a build in which you're doing things like uh, increasing how many Estus flasks you have, increasing how much your your stamina regeneration. Uh, and kind of building stuff out of kind of these kind of I guess I would describe them as being like cards almost um, that you can kind of slot into your like inventory of skills and upgrade over time. Um, yeah, I'm looking at a gameplay yeah. video right now. War with the Seven Acolytes is a horror punk action RPG. Never heard horror punk. Here before. it is. That's the first go. time I've read that. Uh, <laughs> look at that giant frog. There's a big frog. There's some like cool enemy design and stuff. It's it's fine. Like I I think the enemy design is really cool. I think that there's like. Um, a I think it lore dumps way too quick in a way that's like you can't you can't ask me it to feel like that even this quick. trailer this trailer is is already trying yes, too hard hundred <laughs> percent I mean it's called morbid the seven acolytes like it's like it's tipping its hand like yes did you really need the subtitle no <laughs> like couldn't it just morbid, morbid probably would be enough. better actually yeah. same with blasphemous blasphemous is like a really evocative yes. it, it the the lore of that game really lends itself to the seven acolytes or something like yeah. that. Um, something aggressive, but like morbid, I, I don't know, like your, your brain. I'd be curious how decisions like that happen. Cause I feel like morbid tells you, it tells a story in your, in your yeah. head already. Like your imagination goes off of a word like that. Um, so, um, so yeah, I put a few hours into it and, and enjoyed myself. I played through the first like three or four areas. The first, I got like through the first, I think I got through the first of the seven, <laughs> seven acolytes. Um, <laughs> Uh, so to speak, uh, and and you know, the, I think like the the boss encounters are not super super uh, good, but there is something about the fact that one, there's a stealth system in this game, um, and then two, there and it's like a very straightforward stealth system. You just like have a button to kind of like sneak around, which is like an interesting d- difference from most similar games. Uh, and then two, you there's a lot of like. Um, you you get a gun in this game, and it is much more of a of a gun in the traditional video game gun sense than like a bloodborne gun, which is mostly a parrying implement. Like you can do a blood tinge build, and you can do damage with yeah. guns, but by and large, in, in bloodborne, you're just parrying with it. Uh, whereas here, like you could straight up be like, no, I'm gonna upgrade the shotgun, so it's really good at clearing ads, and the game will end up putting a lot of like stuff on screen. That will just be small, easy to shoot, or easy to fight, um, or easy to kill things if you can get a hit in on them. But there'll be a bunch of them. And so, like, switching from a pistol to a shotgun just so that I can, like, quickly clear a bunch of ads felt like, okay, yeah, that's a neat, that's a, that's a neat, distinct thing. And also felt appropriate for an isometric game like this where... You know, you're you're playing in a similar space to some top-down stuff like Binding of Isaac or, or something like that. And it's like, okay, I'm glad that there's like a little bit of overlap in terms of understanding that this is a strength of this 
design, you know, uh, focus that like, hey, you can feel overwhelmed. I can put a bunch of enemies on screen. I can give you the tools to quickly clear those enemies off screen, etc. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think that it's like a, a, a home run, but I was like, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty okay time with it. People should, it should be on someone's radar. Someone who's like, yeah, I would like to play one of those. You should know that it's out there. Yeah. Um, is that on switch or is it just PC right now? I think it's just PC, but I, you know what? I'm, I'm. That game is, de- if not, is a, that, if not that game a, is destined for, yes, for switch. That is exactly right. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. The prophecy has yeah. foretold that uh, <laughs> this this game will be coming to switch. Us. Absolutely. Will. Did you, did you see the, uh. Um, the tweet from the Murangi Generation Twitter account with the fucking switch yeah, version. where he's like moving the <laughs> the switch to move the camera. Yeah, ah, it's good. It good. I'm very excited. The, gy- the gy- gyroscope is like not used at all in yeah. the switch, basically, yeah. understandably because you don't know if people are right. you know using docking yeah. it or yeah. using the Joy-Con. Shout out the to idea, the fucking if, shrines be- in Breath of the Wild that use that shit. That's right. That's, <laughs> That's right. <fun. laughs> um, the other thing I want to shout out really quick is Solasta Crown of the Magister. Speaking of subtitles. <laughs> okay. yeah, you, you are right. just, I'm you are just not, did you just like On sort one. steam by, B- by longest um, <laughs> title, title length? length please. Uh, Can you say that one again? I want to Google Solasta this. Crown of the Magister. Solasta, S-O-L-A-S-T-A. Um, this is, you know, Baldur's Gate from Larian this year is probably the biggest D&D game that's coming out in early access in 2020. Uh, it's that, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 is is really polished. Uh, it's a really incredible kind of graphical style. It's very pretty. The characters you can create are really great uh, visually. Um, it's playing in in a lot of the D&D sandboxes that people already know and love. Uh, it's using a modified version of D&D 5th edition rules to, to that people know really well. Solasta is like... No, nah, that's not real D&D. We got this shit. We got the real shit. <laughs> you know, Baldur's Gate got, got this, this, and this wrong. This stuff is a little too, um, you know, dumbed down, whatever. Uh, and so Solasta is like a step beyond Baldur's Gate in terms of complexity. Like, a, for example, it's a game that really cares about light sources and whether or not you're mm-hmm. doing stuff from within torchlight or not. Because if you're not, that means you're at disadvantage. Uh, and it takes that shit very seriously. Um, and so it's just like, it's a fucking D&D ass D&D game, um, that I don't think, I, I would say it doesn't have that, the style of like, the, the flair that comes out of something like, um, uh, Divinity Original Sin, you know, in terms of like, ability interaction or whatever, but instead, I think that it's just kind of a good tactics game built off of a, a rule set that a lot of people know because D&D is so popular. Um, uh, it's the encounter design has been really cool so far. Um, and it feels like it's, it, it basically feels like a sort of GMing or sort of like tabletop experience that I don't necessarily do myself either as a player or a GM, uh, but that it kind of nails in terms of the sort of dungeon crawl, the big battle, the like, um, the, the, you know, needing to have a really well balanced party. Um, and also, it's a little more polished than I thought it would be. Uh, when mm. someone first pitched me this game, they were like, listen, you know, there are three faces per, ca- <laughs> per you know, uh, uh, race in this game. You're not going to have super customizable characters. Everything is a little, you know, uh, rough around the edges. And that's 100% true. But like, 
there's like totally, totally decent voice acting in this game. I think the armor design is all pretty good. I think some of the locations look dope. And, you know, it is D&D 5th edition in a unique setting, and, and I think their own setting. Um, but the the basics are all basically there in a way that, like, I think if if you were someone who is looking for that in a digital way, in a digital format, you should at least look at this thing. Um, uh, it's also early access, so, like, you know, be beware, be aware of that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's always nice to be like, Hey, there's, there's, you know, room on the block for more than one, uh, D20 based RPG, uh, on the PC this year. No offense to Larian who, you know, I, I'm just waiting for Baldur's Gate to get, to get out of early access because that's a game that I know I'm going to want to play through all the way. And if I started in early access, I'm just not going to, to play through it all the way. Um, but, but, right. uh, but it was cool to, to dip into this and, and see that like, Hey, this is, this is. If you finished Baldur's Gate 3's, the content that's available for it uh, now, and you're like, I would like to keep playing a game like this and maybe something a little crunch, a little bit crunchier, Solasta, go check it out. That's that's my pitch. Um, anything else? Kato, do you, got, out, do you got anything you want to shout out? I was just going to specifically say that they, they shout out that they got permission to use the Dungeons & Dragons SRD 5.1 rule set, like... That yeah, is yeah, the type yeah. of game it is. Like, that is the type of game it is. A hundred percent. Like no fucking around. It is. It is one hundred percent that game. Yeah. Um. For better and worse, you know. Uh. Any any other things we want to shout out before we we start uh, to wrap up? Last one. Yes. I I uh, played and finished uh, a run of uh, Signs of the Sojourner. I haven't said that out I think loud. Sojourner. I think Sojourner. Sojourner. Yeah. Sojourner. Uh, which is a game that uh, uh, Austin, I know you, you and Kato both yeah, played. I totally. think um, some mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. some months back, where the basic pitch is your, it's a you know it's a visual novel communication uh, game in which the interface in which you have conversations is using uh, cards in which you have different symbols, and so you need to match those symbols up, and the complexity of how those match up or don't match up um, changes over time. Different people have different symbols, yada yada yada. Um, yeah, I, uh, really, yeah, really liked the, the first half of this game, mm-hmm. I guess I would say. I'm so deeply impressed with the interface. Like, I was so, not just charmed, but just impressed at how they managed to interpret communication in a different way and in some ways managed to, uh, harness the emotion, like the, the true emotion and difficulty of communicating with people in a way that felt more true than just like picking a dialogue option that the words may be right, but it doesn't necessarily match the kind of emotive nature or what is left unsaid um, in how something is communicated. Um, and just really fascinating from an interface perspective. And uh, I only say the reason I didn't like the second half was like, I liked the story in the second half. I just didn't like playing it because the game balance got really weird for me where I thought I had a, a build set up for like the kind of story I wanted it to tell where I was, winning like three fourths of the conversations and failing a fourth, but felt like pretty normal. Um, once you sort of settled on like kind of character and the kind of characters you wanted to interact with, because you, I was choosing to interact with ones that should match up with, um, my, uh, uh, the, the build of cards I had, but then there's like a big event that happens about halfway, two thirds through that just, I made a couple of like miscalculations on how much I should incorporate into my deck so that I could have conversations and I was just failing like 90% of my conversations where I like, well, this doesn't line up with the character arc. This doesn't line up with, this just felt like a raw deal that I was, I was getting where if I could make just a couple of, and the game does, I, you know, for people who haven't played it, you are at the end of every conversation, you are, uh, 
you're getting a new card. So you have to burn a card that you do have to take on a card. A lot of the times you can just get the same card and replace it in your deck. So you can kind of keep your, what your kind of like set of cards to, to be static, but it, 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 it made, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. And I was able to kind of claw my way back to a semblance of where I wanted to be by the end, but it made the actual play part of the game very frustrating and didn't feel like it lined up with what they want. It didn't feel like it didn't line up with what they wanted me to do. And it didn't line up with what I wanted to do. Um, and because starting the game over, like it is meant to be run based. We're like, Oh, try something different. And like, have cards that are um, allow you to like fully explore this region better a second time around. I I know the game's only like three to four hours long, but there'd be a lot of repetitive content for me to get to that yeah. point. Um, and I would have preferred a game where, hey, like just let me start in a different region. Like give me a bunch of, sh- I would have like much rather had, instead of one four hour game, like a bunch of one hour stories that can go in a bunch of different directions and you start at different parts of, of the map. Um, I just loved so much of the, what they set up as like the style that I hope they take another whack at it. But I, I left with such kind of like a raw taste in my mouth over the final hour. I was like, well, I don't want to go through those two hours just to get to the pivot points where I could then start exploring different regions and try to see what, what happened in the rest of the story. But I still think it's tremendous, probably in my top 10, um, just based on like the interface alone. It's but, really cool. Um, I just love, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's, it's funny. Really, Cause really I, like, cool. you and I were talking about this the other day and we both hit this exact same thing in our playthroughs, right. Of like the, yeah. the, and that's intentional, at least to some degree that like the, the, the yeah. possibility of, of communication or not the possibility of the difficulty of communication, um, especially after there's this big event towards the end of the game that just totally fucks fucks you up because it introduces a new symbol that just like it really yeah, it's it's really it clever it, but it's you have to really hard. rethink your deck yeah um, yeah um, but it's funny because while we were having that conversation I was like ah yeah I don't think I can ever I don't think I have another playthrough uh, of it in me but I was like you know what maybe like two weeks from now I'll have enough distance from my initial playthrough so I could do one more run through and I would like, you know, jam through the early stuff, make some bigger decisions or, you know, differences uh, in in, in some early decisions that I could just get onto a different track to begin with Um, uh, or or like try to anticipate where certain events would happen ahead of time and start building a deck out in, in different ways. Um, uh, and like maybe I'll do that. Maybe maybe I, I'll get one more run through and I'll see with the knowledge I already have. Will I be able to get ahead of some of that stuff this time? You know? Right. Um, anyway, yeah, that game's cool. People should check that out. Is yeah, that right. on? I, mean, I know Switch it's coming. Yet? It it is. So it's funny. Like every time I've been playing one of these games, it's like, all right, this is a game from the spring. Like, has it been ported by the fall? And in the case of uh, Umarangi and uh, and this, they are. Both coming to Switch, they just I don't have uh, dates yet, and it's very easy to imagine how this game would function, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, really well on, on Switch. It would be a per, it would, and uh, based on how like the Switch fits into my life, like part of the reason I don't want to do a run another run again is like I spend so much time at my desk. I now have a TV in my office because that's the 4K TV to play like the PS5 and the Xbox. Like so, then when like I the reason I felt part of the reason I fell so far for Hades was like oh. Like I can sit and do this at my TV while football is on and I can sit in like a really comfy chair. And so this game, I might be more inclined to do another run in Sojourner if I was like sitting in like, I could, it's not a big deal to like do the 90 minutes because I'm like watching an episode of some TV show with my wife and we're just relaxing as opposed to like, I'm going to go sit right. at my de- yeah. desk ass yeah. desk and like <laughs> sit with the mouse and keyboard and at the place that I work, um, and it like puts me in a different mindset. So that might be the kind of thing where I would play through it again on 
on Switch um, uh, just because of the the format change. I totally. do. I do want to shout out that it um, has the first entire trip apparently available for free. If, oh, cool! Like, oh. If, like you're like you know. I mean, fuck it. It's a rough year. Like maybe even the twenty bucks <laughs> is too much right now. But if you want to yeah. give it a try, it's available on Windows and Mac. Uh, right now it's just you search steam for signs of the sojourner prologue and it um does the whole first trip for free so definitely worth checking out that's also long enough to like wrap your like you'll play that prologue and be like oh like i get why they think this is so cool even if you don't get around to the rest of it you'll you'll definitely understand why it's interesting totally um all right i feel like we've gone long uh uh even if the podcast itself isn't long today the the, the recording process it's certainly long, was it's long, long enough, long enough. Long this was a podcast enough. there's some uh, demon souls talk in there i'll probably leave in you can I don't know. you can pull some of that demon soul <laughs> stuff out yeah uh-huh. sure yeah Go ahead. um we'll figure it out uh all right i hope that everyone has a good week we'll be back later this week with another episode of waypoint radio Shoutouts as always to Bowen for letting us use the track Missy off the EP panel machine. To find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Where can people find you on the internet, Kato? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. And Patrick. You can find me at Patrick Klubik noticing that Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, is the only FromSoft game that of the Souls canon that has the subtitle, but it's also the only one that is published by a Western, Western, developer. Mm. Western publisher. Mm. Have to imagine... Yeah. FromSoft in their heart of hearts says, yo, this game is it's just, just called, called Sekiro. Sekiro. Yeah. <laughs> but even that feels wrong. All their, for, all their internal documents. Yeah, I, I'm curious. It's just, it's just, it's just Sekiro. I'm curious. Uh, I, yeah, oh, Sekiro is so good. I should, I should replay Sekiro. All right. Didn't that game just got like a, that just got, that got, got a patch, a, right? Uh, like, a DLC, like the only DLC so, it's, it's ever going like to get. It's not like DLC, DLC. It's like a know, New Game Plus type boss rush mode yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Which is fine, but like, I want content. I want I want new places to go to. Hey, are, is this um we'll leave we'll leave it here. Um Elden okay, Ring. So this it, are we gonna <laughs> so this yeah uh-huh. so this it's not gonna happen between now and then I was looking, I thought maybe our next podcast would be a discussion of uh the game awards, but that's unfortunately gonna have to happen next week because we're gonna record all day on Friday. So and so it's just not it's not gonna right. work. But um a week from now, like we could live in a we know what Elden. I, I you know, hope <laughs> when, is, wait, when are it's the back? game awards? Game awards are the are Thursday. Thursday. So we night. will not be able to talk yeah. about that stuff because we were no, because we have to do game of the year all day right. Friday. Okay, um, so we have to wait till till Monday for for that. Gotcha. But um, uh, yeah, you can tell that. Uh, one can tell when I'm getting a hopeful again when I'm like searching like the reset era, like uh, Elden Ring threads. Like, hey, did that person who said was like leaking stuff and then they went away? And because they need to take time to themselves, are they back? Like, what are, what are our what are our hints on what's going on with this game? I feel like I feel like the the I God, what do we expect to show up there? That's actually anything. What's I think it's gonna be a lot of yeah. shit. Actually, I think this is gonna be like there were a lot of I games guess next that were supposed to be announced three that did not that did yeah. not get announced and have not been announced this yeah. year. Um, um, I think there is going to, and with E three next year, who knows? Are we getting Silent Hill? Or gonna, is that is it happening? Man, uh, so I have been kicking around for ages writing a story about like the Silent Hill community and like the Lucy with the football and the <laughs> like the the way in which like you see like different insiders like pop up claiming to have information in all sorts of different communities. Um, and the Silent Hill one is just like you feel so bad because like man, there's just like a new prophet like every like year who's like no, they're really making a new one. And it, I mean, 
there's enough people that it seems like there's like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope there's another bad Silent Hill game for those Silent Hill fans. And I am, I count you, I, I count me among, I played Downpour. Yeah. Like yeah. I've played a lot of bad Silent Hill games. I'm not, You're not above uh, a Silent Hill yeah. stan um, the way some others are. Although I do, I really want to go play play The Room at some point because I've heard that game is like surprising. That game's, but, that game's, uh, that game has some I think cool ideas. Big shit. I think there's be big yes. shit out okay, there. Okay, okay. Well, it also wasn't a Silent Hill game to begin with, I believe. I believe it was a... That's correct. A, that's, a non- that's 100% game that the case, given, yeah. um, Same way that it sounds like this, the, the new Resident Evil uh, Village was a non-Resident Evil game that was slapped Resident Evil. How does that happen if you're Capcom? How do you stumble into making a different survival horror game? And be, I guess we should just call this Resident Evil. If you believe some of the insiders um one, one of which whose name is i'm forgetting off the top of my head but has, has constantly been had consistently good capcom information mm-hmm. but is also someone who said like i'm gonna stop i'm not gonna be one of those people anymore i'm not leaking information anymore we yeah, right of back course. leaking <laughs> information um uh but they've been right enough of times in the past that it, they're just capcom is just always making like six to eight things that are in like various kinds of production that are in like survival horror and this one was just like tested really well. And they were like, well, Resident Evil eight proper is still like another two or three years off. Like we, we can retrofit this to be a resident evil game because resident evil can be whatever. Yeah. Werewolves, which is sure. Why, why not? not? Like yeah, whatever, like it could be whatever you want. So Breath anyway. of the wild too. Yeah. At Patrick Klubik, you can follow me on. <laughs> there we go. Uh-huh. Sure. Breath of the wild too. I bet there's that's, a that's, that's, that that's my thought. That's my thought. Yes. I think we'll get a new release date to get delayed by a yeah. couple. Of, yeah. <laughs> Breath of the Wild 2 coming March 31st, ah, yeah. 2021. <laughs> uh, and then we'll, I, I think we will probably get release dates or whatever for big Sony stuff, right? This is like Horizon will probably get a, a big trailer. And then yeah. that hey, God I'm of cur- War, man, that if, God of based, War, right? Based on what I understand of Sony's, uh, the lineup they are aiming to have next year. Okay, sure. That's a yeah. They are trying to have a lot of games coming out next holiday. They're trying to have a lot of games coming out next holiday, and uh, that I, I would be shocked if all of them make it. But yeah, that you would you would need to start putting down. You know, this is coming out in spring. This is coming out in fall. Yeah. Sort of sort of stuff. If they're going to make all, can I can I say the biggest one for uh, us three? Uh, biggest rumor mm. I've heard. We're going to get a new Smash competitor. Oh shit! At the awards <laughs> named Sora. Great. This is the big rumor. Great. Oh, yeah, finally. Sora finally Sora I feel and like Smash. that's that that's in that's in the Silent Hill uh, <laughs> category of like there's been a Sora rumor yeah. for 15 yes. years. There was a fucking Steve from Minecraft rumor for 15 years. Look at that. It I happened. Can't Steve beat Sora to, yeah. to uh smash. It's so funny. Uh all right. Uh-huh. Also underscore Walker on Twitter. Kato, how about you? I already said mine. You already said yours. You follow Rob at Bob's <laughs> Acne. You go to. My, sorry, my t- tangent was long enough that Austin got where he was on the yeah. outro. Uh, you can follow Rob at Rob's Acne. You can follow everything we do twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint, waypoint.advice.com. You can go read Rob's review of Cyberpunk 2077. Headline is Cyber, Cyberpunk 2077 is a crime epic with lots of good stories and big problems. So, there that is. We'll be back later this week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home.
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You know, do yourself care, but I don't know what Rob we were getting back on Monday morning. Oh, what is this? Regular kind. Uh, that's what is bad. this? That's hold bad. on, hold on. We got to pause. The weird uh, static. Yeah. Who's this from? That's Rob. Oh, it's on me. It just kicked in. Okay. Sorry, yep. mm. right, Rob. Huh. Just try. Uh, what do you? What do you? Wait. Cut it. I'll figure it out. Mute okay. yourself and wiggle the cables. Well, don't wiggle them. <laughs> it could make it worse. Why? Well, you know, Can it get worse? Unplug it. Yeah. Yes. Unplug it. Replug it in. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> oh my. Ooh. Yeah. Uh huh. Ooh. What the? What <laughs> is it? Like ants crawling all over. That didn't work. No. Um. What did you unplug? The XLR. The XLR. Try the other end. <laughs> The one going through the computer. This sounds like a digital static to me. Although, mm, I guess it could be some sort of interference. It's very strange. Yeah, this used to happen. I can't remember what caused it. Um, Alright, I'm gonna call it log off the power rooms for a second. Okay. Yep. Oof. That was a... That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did Rob die? I don't know. I feel I'm worried. I like, my yeah. stomach, there's like a there is a, a a gnarly feeling in the bit <laughs> of my stomach right now. Like this has been just long enough that I I feel like Rob is 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 yelling at his computer by uh -huh. himself right now. <laughs> uh, oh hey. look, hello! I summoned him. Rob's back. What? <laughs> we were just you we were, were gone for an uncomfortably long amount of time and began to worry we had a whole other conversation came back around and we're like who i hope rob's okay i'm good uh do i sound okay yeah yes. great perfect round through time dot is again because i'm yeah of course stopped um i never stopped recording but me either me either okay good. but rob had to do but, a but i had yeah 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 let's do another clap uh, you there, Rob? Yeah, I'm there. Let's do, th let's do 30 seconds. Excellent. Kato, do you want us to just roll back into it? Yeah. Yes. All right. Patrick, do you want to do that setup you were doing, which was yeah, about sure. how Rob took a big, sure. taking yeah. a big swing? Uh, so when Rob takes a big swing at a review, like I just, we, even in our little chat room. Hello. Hi. Yep. All right, recording. Time dot is. My computer keeps blue screening when it comes back from sleep, like one every seven times, and then I've. Mm. I've it's like just this weird driver thing. Yeah, yeah. You only remember remember to do something in a very specific context, and then it just leaves your memory to ever. Yeah. Yep. And this happens. Huh? Oh yeah. I'm like my PC from sleep. It crashed, and like right, I should go and address that real tech driver issue. But I'm waking <laughs> my PC to do something. 
Which means that immediately I'm like, right, I'll do that later. And then <laughs> I come back, it just does it again. It's like just yeah. inconsistent. It's like once every 10 wakes from sleep. So it's just not often enough for me to be like, oh, fuck it. I needed to sit here and do it. Five, you would be there when <laughs> yeah. it happens where you yes. don't have a specific thing to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hold on. I need to clear some hard door space real quick. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or uh, no. Like seriously, it's like you know you have no hard drive space on this drive where the where the thing goes. And I was like, I didn't know that. What? Whoops. What, what's happening here? Uh, Reaper. Let's delete all of that. That should that should work. Okay. Uh, all right. The game awards is this week. They oh, sure shit. are. Oh, so they that's sure what Thursday are. pod is going to be. All right. Well, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we there? Are we good? Yep. All right. Uh, let's do 28. Wait, what? What happened? Someone clap. Who clapped very early? It Rob. froze. And I tried <laughs> to guess. It froze. You tried to guess. Well, well sir, you, you did not guess. You didn't. I, I mean, you did. You did I guess. Start. You did. I okay. Listen, I know. I get it. Let's I wasn't 50. looking. Do you want to do, you, no, do, we want to do one no, more? No, 50. 50. Oh, nice. I missed it. I no, missed it. No. That, oh, that seems good. It sounded yeah. great. Good. It sounded that sounded great. That sounded good. Let's figure it out. Let's not, not worry hand. about it. We got this. Not worry this about is it. the Eagles <laughs> coaching staff talking to Carson Wentz. Oh, we did God. it. We believe in you. <laughs> Fucking nightmare. Um. All right. Let's let's just knock it out. <laughs> That's What's what Doug good? Peterson said. <laughs> That's what he, that is what he said. <laughs> God.